I'm Grant Bruner, and joining me tonight is Jordan Knowles. Hello, Jordan. Hi, it's great to be here okay. on the internet. Tell us a few things about yourself. I do a blog about Mass Effect with my friend Sarah called Jem and Dizzy. Uh, she's Jem and I'm Dizzy. Those are our shepherds' names. Uh, I also write another blog called Shepherd Interrupted that I do on my site, which is jordanknowles.com. Uh, you may have also ran into Jordan Knowles playing Mass Effect in, on the Citadel. I'm Jordan Knowles, and I run E-Crimes. Um, so I'm actually curious. I'm actually curious about that. How, how did that, number one, how did that come to be? And number two, at what point did you find out that your name was going to be in the in the game? Uh, Patrick Weeks, tacky from the, from the forums, mm-hmm. many arcade boards, posts on the boards, um, started actually friended me on LiveJournal a long time ago. I used to do a, a DCAU blog there. And I, he friended me. I never friended him back because I only used it to post things and I didn't actually follow anybody else on there. Mm-hmm. One day on the boards is talking to me and suddenly goes, what the hell, you never friended me back on a live journal. And I had no idea who he was or what he was talking about or why he was so mad at me all of a sudden. Um, he started reading my Fallout blog that I do, which is Wasted in the Wasteland. He mentioned that he would like to see what I would do with the Mass Effect blog, and I sort of was like, okay, I don't, I don't know what I'll do, but I decided to do it. And then one day, DMs me on Twitter and goes, so I'm, how does this sound to you if I do Jordan Knowles and I, I run E-Crimes and pleasure to beat you, Commander? And I was sort of like, I, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's... That's fine with me, I guess. I have no objections to my name being places. Interesting. And how far and how far before, you know, the game launched was that when you got that message? Like a couple months or a couple weeks? Months. This was before last PAX, so last summer. It was really early on. There was a th- I believe supposed to be actually another mission with me, but that got cut. Well, so actually, <laughs> let's 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 actually get into to about the Mass Effect and actually what brought you to Mass Effect. Why is it that you think Mass Effect is a, a series that is not only great but also so endearing to its fans? I actually didn't start playing Mass Effect until after. The second one had been out for a while. My husband works at Microsoft and got the first one really cheap because Microsoft had published it. So he came home with it. He was like, look what I got for $10 or whatever. <laughs> Puts it in, starts playing it, and I watched him play it. I tend to get really motion sick playing games sometimes, especially if they're shooters or any sort of view from that where I'm just like, ooh. Uh, but I would watch him play games because I could do that and not get sick. Mm. Watched him play that whole game, watched him play the second one, and somewhere in there I was started thinking, I think, I think I can watch this well enough without getting sick that I think I could play it without getting sick. We went home for Christmas and my little brother started playing it and I started watching him and I go, that's it, I'm going home and I'm playing it. Mm-hmm. I went home, I, I trudged through the first game and then started playing the second one. And... I haven't looked back. I think I played this. I played the first one once, and I played the second one. I want to say five or six times now. I keep going back to the second one. It's my favorite game ever. I love all the characters in it. I love every little tiny thing that I think, even things that I'm not supposed to love. I love. I love getting emails from the elusive man that are just stupid. I love everything about it. <laughs> Shepard, I see that you did this. I don't like it, but I can't I, argue I the know, results. I don't approve, but. Mm. <laughs> After I 
after Mass Effect 3 came out, I went back and had to do a new Mass Effect 2 playthrough. Mm-hmm. And as the first email I got from him that said that, I, I thought I was going to cry. I was so happy I got it. I was like, oh. <laughs> He still sends these. I'm so happy. <laughs> so if the, what, what now? You're, I guess that since uh, your husband works at Microsoft, I assume that you're playing on the Xbox. Yes. So yes. I'm actually curious. What aspect of the Mass Effect? Now you you saw people play it, and that that caused you to to get into it. What is it that triggered it? Is is it the setting? Is it the characters? What is it that actually draws you? You know, you keep coming back. You actually want to write things about it because it's so it's so influential. Um, the setting, definitely. I've always loved space settings more than anything else. Um, my friends have played Dragon Age and play Skyrim and play those sorts of games and mm-hmm. D&D. And they always try to get me to do it. But as soon as I start thinking about dragons and potions, my eyes glaze over and I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I can't help it. But I just I don't want to do it. But when I go play Fallout or Mass Effect, I'm like, yes, sort of science fiction stuff. And I, I latch onto it a whole lot more. And then Garrus... I, I loved Garrus immediately. I was like, yay, this is fun. And um, the ability to to romance characters was really cool. I loved that right away. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do that. Uh, and I love... Ben would never... My husband Ben would never take any of the mean things that you can say to people. And even though I always wanted to, I was like, that one's funny. Say it. Say that funny thing. He would never do it. So I wanted to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Except that then when I got in there, I never did it either. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was not. I was not very good at being a mean person. I just went around and drank all the time. Right. So you you mainly play as a as a paragon ship. Yeah, I'm very paragon. I, I take the occasional renegade thing. I'll headbutt that Krogan. I'll shoot that one that talks too much. Now, now, now the the reporter. Do you always hit her, or do you hit her up until Mass Effect Three, where you can get uh, some war assets? Uh, I hit her up until Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect Two. I think it's really funny because I usually hit her right as I'm leaving the bar. <laughs> I just imagine going to the Citadel with with Morden and Garrus and then going back to Miranda and reporting what happened and they're like, Oh, she was horrible. She got to got drunk, she told the council off, and then she punched a reporter and you don't want to know what else. It's bad. <laughs> um I also I, I also think it's it's funny how many people play Paragon where you, you think that oh well you know the fun way of do, playing it would be Renegade but it turns like turns out most people don't like being jerks in video games. I I can't be a jerk in a video game. I can be I can be a jerk in my own way, but the game never recognizes that I'm a jerk. Like, right. they don't recognize that I put off an important mission for several months to just go drink at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> the game, they don't recognize in Fallout when I go into somebody's house and knock everything off their table and then leave. <laughs> you, you, you like more of the metagame aspect. Yeah, I'm more like that. Where I'm, Yeah, I'm being a jerk, but the game doesn't notice it. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I, it, it's, it's hard for me, personally, to play the game and be a dick to my squad mates. I can do, I can be a dick to people who are, who will come up and be like, Hey, F you Shepard. I don't like you. I can be a dick to them. But when it's like, Tally's like, Oh, Shepard, help me. I can't be like, Hey, look, Tally, I'm too busy. I, I, I don't have time to go help you. Screw off. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be a dick to my squad mates. That was part of the problem with being mean in the first game is so much of what you say is I don't want no Turian with me. And I'm always like, but I totally want Turians with me. <laughs> Yeah, I want all the Turians with me. They really did drop that very quickly because there was this whole, you know, obviously in, in the lore, the Turians and humans, when the, the humans first um, uh, came into the into the rest of the known galaxy, um, the Turians obviously had a big uh, war with them in the first contact war. Um, and they, they obviously have that in the first book and they have it 
quite a bit in the first game, but in Mass Effect 2, that's dropped. That's that's right out of it. Yeah. They don't talk about it at all. They didn't. The, being mean to the Turians, I, I couldn't do it ever. I was too obsessed with them, I think. <laughs> well, except, except the Turian counselor, right? Oh, except that guy. Except that guy. What, a, that. what a jerk. <laughs> so, what what build do you usually play? I'm um, an infiltrator. Now, now what what... What draws draws you to that? Because for those of you that don't know, Infiltrator actually is very interesting to play in Mass Effect Two and Three, but kind of boring in the first game. Yeah, which is like I said, I saw the second game before I played the first game, so I knew that I wanted to be an Infiltrator already, Mm, and was just I just sort of trudged through everything in the first Mm -hmm. game. I was like, I'm going to be an Infiltrator. I like shooting stuff from far away. Mm -hmm. It's a, a, a pleasurable thing um and then i got to the second game i was like yes yes i need to be invisible and i need to shoot things with my giant sniper rifle but you know it's, it's actually going back after after mass effect 2 and 3 came out going back and play mass effect 1 it's actually quite hard because yeah. the, the things that you associate with the classes are are not there i mean like They're, yeah you're a vanguard you can't charge you're you can't you're charge. an infiltrator you, you can't cloak it's oh it's hard yeah it's really hard, which is why I've never gone back and played one again. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I, I, I've tried multiple times. Uh, the controls are not very good. Um, the the uh, once, and Let me put it this way. Even now that Mass Effect 3 is out and I've played it so much, I, it's hard for me to even play 2 because every time that I get out of cover, I try to roll and I can't. Um, so it's it's quite it's quite hard going back and and you know de evolving every time you go back and play in other games and that's really one of the strengths of video games I would think is that mo- you know you get a movie and and then a sequel comes out and people are like oh grown sequel I'm sure it's going to be worse but for the most part video games as sequels come out they get better because everything's more refined yeah they get better especially in in the combat areas I mean sometimes the story's not better. Uh, but in the combat areas, it's always improved. Yeah, yeah. So you're, and I, I, I'm actually curious, what gender shepherd do you play? I play femship. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. Uh, I have tried. I have tried to play both, and I, I do have a a, a, a dude ship save. But Mark Mir, um, I, 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 he doesn't seem like a bad guy, but I can't. I can't get into his <laughs> performance, and I know it's a, it's very personal, and people have lots of opinions. But for me personally, I I can't get, I can't get into Shepard as a guy. Yeah, I can't. I've I can watch videos of of Dude Shep, but I can't play him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is because I as soon as Gare shows up, I'm like, want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I were to do that, I would I would be lost. I'd be like, what? What do I? Where do I do things now? Yeah. So I have to play a femme chef all the time. <laughs> Interesting. So, so I'm, I'm curious. Did did you actually romance anyone in uh, in, in Mass Effect One? <laughs> this is a funny story. I romanced Liara mm-hmm. um, because I had already seen the layer of the Shadow Broker part, where mm-hmm. if you're romancing Garrus, she snaps at you <laughs> and says that line like, "I hear Garrus is calibrating more than the Normandy's guns now," <laughs> and I love that line so much. I romanced her just to have her say that to me. Uh, that is that is truly wonderful. And that, that, that is one of the best parts of Mass Effect is you get really great moments about that that are that seem like it's written specifically for you because because they're they're so unique to the choices that you've made. Yeah, but when it got to the romance scene in Mass Effect One, and I was sort of. I sort of felt awkward because I was like, I'm only doing this to get her mad at me later. 
but she's all like, "Oh, Shepherd," and I'm just standing there going, "Oh, don't get, don't get too attached, girl. It's, it's this is just a fling thing. I'm just doing this to piss you off, seriously." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I felt I, a little I, bad, but not that bad. I, I'm only going to embrace eternity for a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm just going to embrace a tiny bit of eternity. Yeah. Now, so what what background do you play as in your, in your show? Uh, Earthborn and War Hero. Okay. That that is interesting because uh, Earthborn is generally considered the renegade background. Yeah. I play as a spacer war hero, hero, which is I guess as they call it, space Jesus. Which is what Sarah plays as well. Um, which she did not appreciate me making all of the rear admiral jokes in Mass Effect Three <laughs> when they started talking about her mom. Yes. Uh, I kept turning to her constantly and going, "Your mom's hack, it's rear admiral," and then making a face, and she got so pissed. <laughs> Um, so, when you first played Mass Effect One, what was the part of of the game that you liked the most and wanted and and kept you going to get to Mass Effect Two? I loved talking to everybody. I liked wandering around the Citadel mm-hmm. and and finding people to talk to and and I loved I liked the shooting a bit, uh, not as much as I did in Mass Effect Two. Mm-hmm. But it was, since it was the first, I hadn't played Mass Effect 2 yet, I just watched it. I could right. still do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually loved driving the Mako. I know a lot of people hate it, but I love driving it. I just hate shooting stuff in it. Yeah, it, it, I, I am in the um, camp that is not fond of it. Um, however, I, once I realized that I could shoot things from basically outrange everything and shoot things from very, very, very far very away, far. Yeah. Um, then I, I hated it less. I, I love driving it. I just hate shooting things. I can take it to a planet and just bounce around on stuff and laugh at how I assume the rest of my crew is probably puking in the back seat. Right. That I crack up and I have so much fun then. But when I actually have to shoot a thresher mile with it, I just want to leave and go, nope, nope. There Come were, pick us up. We're done here. There certainly were points playing the, the makeout stuff in, in the areas of the game where you have to drive the makeout and not just sticking around on random planets where I was like, Man, I hope this ends soon because I'm going to give up on this game if it does not hurry up. Um, I, I got really impatient with it. But it, it is interesting. Mo- a lot of people cite the world exploring as one of their favorite parts of Mass Effect 1, and that's what they miss in, in, the, in the subsequent uh, installments. Do you like the exploring random worlds element, or do you find that that detracts from the rest of the game? I, mm, I like it. I, I prefer to go to the Citadel and talk to people. I prefer talking and, and going through the conversations with people and saying weird shit and laughing at weird shit, I say. Because even when the conversations are, are normal, I can always laugh at some dumb thing Shepard said that I don't think makes sense. Right. Uh, but I, I do like going to the planets, just not as much as other stuff. And actually, I know people hate the planet scanning in Mass Effect 2. I always find it weirdly soothing. <laughs> Yeah, you kind you kind of have to um, to zone out, and yeah. and and you're just you're just doing it. Not you're not even doing. It. You're like listening to music or doing something else, and you're just, you're just you're just uh, relaxing, unwinding at the end of the day. It's just just something to do, just something to pass the time. Yeah, uh, but I I am I am wondering is there were there parts of the of the game that were frustrating or actually made you want to stop playing? Uh, a couple times shooting stuff with the Mako. There was one part where you had to go down like a corridor with it, and there were stuff shooting you from either side, like Geth um, Colossus, I think, mm-hmm. were coming at you from either side. And I almost died there several times and mm-hmm. just was ready to be like, I'm done. Or I was going to hand the controller to my husband and be like, you've done this before. Mm-hmm. 
you do it. Um, but I, I managed to get through it and, and did okay. I also, I played Mass Effect 1 on the easiest setting because I hate being frustrated by games. And we'll just go, oh, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, most of the time uh, it's fine, but there are certainly times where, like, even even playing on normal, the first time you play through it, um, there are parts where you just die three, four times over in a row, and I'm just like, okay, I, I'm I'm kicking this down to casual because I just need to get through this. <laughs> I actually play on casual a lot because I hate being frustrated by games. Um, I played through Mass Effect Two on casual a few times, mm-hmm. and then Mass Effect Three, when multiplayer came out, it was like the demo was. This really a couple month long training session of how to play the game Mm -hmm. and my friends and i all got weirdly good at it and now we all are like tearing through insanity runs like Mm -hmm. now i know exactly how to do everything now i'm perfect well right because now that you you, especially because in in the in the in the multiplayer you can't pause which is a hard hard thing to do after after learning how to play in single player it's hard and it makes you made it makes everybody so much better at the game i think yeah, certainly you, you got your reaction time has to really improve. Yeah. Um, and I, I also wonder how much the the PC players, uh, how much, it, I think that they probably are better than the console players because you with the with the PC version, you can have so many hotkeys that you don't really need to bring up the radial menu. I guess it's not radial on the PC. It's like a, just a regular old yeah. menu. Um, but I guess you don't have to bring that up as much because you have so many hotkeys. With the Xbox and PS3, um, you have to bring up the radial menu a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know um, Sarah has the problem was always accidentally reassigning her charge to be her metagel instead, and then trying to charge and wasting all of her metagel. <laughs> charge, charge, damn it! <laughs> no, I'm not doing anything. I'm just rehealing everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it is it is uh, quite quite a good it's quite a good experiment because with multiplayer you can't you can't reassign the the hotkeys. Yeah. So I, I, I had basically in my single player run, I actually had to change the hotkeys that I had because I was doing the wrong ones all of the time. So you were so associating with what they were in multiplayer. Yes, that's and really that's what it yep. ended up being because you know like I, I, I usually play as an adept, um, so I kept trying to you know warp bomb everything except that I would be doing like a, I would do shockwave instead of instead of uh, singularity and uh, it just driving me crazy. So I, I basically was uh, forced by Bioware to change my hotkey settings um, because <laughs> yeah. they won't let you change it in multiplayer. Um, so I, I going back. You you said that you haven't played one. Do you have any desire to go back and maybe and maybe do a different run to to have a save? Not really. I thought about it because there was the bug in three where you could only get the um, engineering dialogue if you had Ashley, mm-hmm. but that's been fixed now. Right. And I I don't think I care enough to go try to do it again. <laughs> uh, maybe I would care enough to buy that little comic thing and go through that, but mm-hmm. then you don't have Kirahe. Right, and that's kind of a bummer, but maybe I would do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if if Bioware, you know, like let's say ten years from now, something like that, Bioware was to like reissue the games uh, on on so, you know much like they're doing, much like like many game companies are doing now, like doing HD remakes of of like PS2 games and the PS3. Uh, yeah. If if Bioware was to redo, uh, you know, like an HD version of uh, of Mass Effect One, what is something that you would like to see? Uh, changed or, or implemented differently? Uh, definitely if they could do the combat system that Mass Effect 3 has, that would make me go back and play it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because if I could, if you can get through the fights, everything else is, is cake. Right. Um, 
and that inventory system needs to be not that. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the end of the game, I was just turning everything into Omnigel. I was like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Melt it all. Melt it all. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is frustrating at a certain point where you have to, every time you loot something, you have to basically respect everything that you do. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, hey, my, my main cast, I have to redo all the shotguns, redo all of the assault rifles. And, and also, the guns, the the differentiation on guns in the first one is not very good. Like the difference between a, a, an assault rifle and a, 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 uh, your pistol, not a huge difference. No, no. And I got really frustrated looking at them and trying to figure out where I was. I just started going, you take whatever. I don't care. You know, before we go to a mission, I'll stand there with the bag and you guys walk by and reach into the bag and whatever you get, you go out with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my system now. And whatever's left in the bag, I melt. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so now let's talk about some decisions that you made in, in Mass Effect 1. Uh, I would say, the, uh, if not the biggest, uh, one of the two biggest, uh, is Rex. Did you did you get to save him, or, or did you kill him, or did you have Ashley you know, take him out? Uh, Rex was saved. I got Rex saved. Um, I, there's, I got to see the Mass Effect 2 playthrough before I played Mass Effect 1. And I was already attached to Rex because I had watched the game. And the point where I got to see my husband, Shepard, go to, to Chanka, and Rex is sitting there, and all of a sudden he sees Shepard and turns and is like, Shepard! And Shepard runs over, and they're like, yay! I couldn't not have that. I was like, I need Rex. And so I definitely saved him. Interesting. But uh, it, you saved him because you kind of, you like the character and everything. But if, if you if you were, if you were, not metagaming. We're <laughs> not metagaming. <laughs> if you're not metagaming, um, then what, would you really think that Rex deserves to live? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, because he is kind of being a dick. Kind of, kind of, but I'm a forgiving person. <laughs> I'm like, well, everybody, I'm kind of a dick too. I wouldn't <laughs> want somebody to shoot me just because I'm a dick once. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> Rex certainly is not uh, the kindest of of the uh, of your crewmates. Yeah, whatever. I'm <laughs> so, not. I'm not the best commander. I'm drunk all the time. So, <laughs> so Caden and Ashley, I guess, would be the other biggest decision in the game, and certainly the one that people talk about the most on Vermeer. Um, you you stated before that you go with Caden. Uh, what what is your what is your reasoning behind picking Caden over Ashley? Uh, part of it was just to have a different, slightly different playthrough than my husband had. He had Ashley, so if I was like, if I want to see what Ashley does, I'll just watch you. Right. Um, part of it was Ashley was reading poetry to me, and it weirded me out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's she's I'm like, uh, okay, you're. She is also kind of a racist. Kind of a racist. She keeps talking to me about God. Uh, a friend of mine said that she wanted to gay away the prey with Ashley. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I go with Ashley, but mainly because, at, at least in Mass Effect 1, because I, I have not really done... I'm not sure. I did do uh, Mass Effect 2 and 3 run with Caden Alive, but uh, Caden is so boring in Mass Effect 1. Oh, man. It's not like I like Caden, but somebody's got to die. <laughs> yes, one of them must die, and sadly there's well, not an option that kills die. both. I, if I could, I'd maybe just leave y'all entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is interesting, though, because there is a, a non-trivial amount of people who have strong feelings about Caden versus Ashley, and I guess those are the people that romance them, but I find them incredibly hard to romance. Like, they, they do not make it easy for you to want to be near them. 
Especially later when when they're both the one who is yelling at you about being with Cerberus and stuff, and you can't explain anything I to them. I can't trust you, Shepard. And they're like, are you still with Cerberus? Do you guys still write love letters to each other? And I'm like, what the? No, shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> they're just, they're both that character. And so I both, I kind of hate them both for that. Yeah. They're, they're, it, hmm. I, I've never done, I've probably done, I, I don't even know, maybe like the five runs of, of the Mass Effect series. And none of them, I have romanced Caden or Ashley. <laughs> I, I, I just can't. I can't. No, it there it is bad. Um, you you went with you went with Liara. I am also a Liara fan. However, I stay loyal the entire time in my canon Shep run. Oh, ow! It gets <laughs> it gets real good in, in Mass Effect Two, and you know what? It's actually quite sweet at the at, at the end of Mass Effect Three. It the the Liara romance is actually really really like she's 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 um kind of dull in Mass Effect 1. She's, oh man, she's super dull in Mass Effect 1. <laughs> but, number one, Asari are pretty interesting uh, as, as a race. Um, besides being like, oh hey, we're sexy space babes, which is which I, I, is a legitimate criticism, but they also have an interesting culture that you don't really get when you go with a human uh, romance. Yeah. Um, and I guess you could say the same thing for, for Tally or, or Garrus as well. Yeah. When you're going, going and romancing a different race, not only are you having, hey, you know, this person is not like me, but it's also you get much more of a feeling of, of uh, uh, closeness to whatever race you're romancing. Definitely. I'm, I love Turians in a way that is not appropriate for the world. <laughs> <laughs> not safe for life, as they say. Not safe for life. <laughs> so now the... the a handful of, of other decisions that are, are made that impact the rest of the, of the series, or at least sort of, kind of. Uh, the Udina Anderson uh, uh, decision about who's the, the, the first human counselor, uh, which one do you go with? Anderson. Yeah. Uh, it does suck that th- that gets kind of hand-waved away. A little, yeah. It's but like, I, oh, I he guess retired. I don't mind Anderson being in the, arm, uh, being in the alliance then with you. So. It is true. And, and the relationship with Shepard and Anderson is really strong in three. It's kind of not very interesting in two. Where he pats he, you on the stomach in three. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but at the beginning, he's g- like, you're looking pudgy. Weight. And I'm like, what are you doing touching me? <laughs> but no, um, I mean, especially um, with the ending, which we'll obviously we will talk about more um, <laughs> in, in, in the in the rest of the episode, but um, the ending with, with Anderson, and, and especially you're, you're talking to him, and if you've read the books, the, the whole Kaylee Sanders plot... Um, it's really good, and you actually feel a pretty strong connection with with Anderson at the end of Mass Effect Three. Yeah. Um, so the council, do you do you save them or do you? Uh, now, what's strange to me is that the game really makes us a strong renegade paragon option, but I don't really think of it as paragon renegade. I think one of it's like, hey, should we save? three people or should we save like a thousand or ten thousand people i feel like it's really more paragon to save the lots of people versus like hey three people that are politicians uh i saved the council um four it's like four politics Mm -hmm. because the council sort of says a lot in the first game that they think humans aren't ready to be part of the galactic civilization that they think too much about themselves and it's sort of a gesture like well, we're going to try to save you guys to... At the expense sh- of thousands sh- of lives. To show, that, to show that we're ready, though, that we, we don't always think about ourselves, that we're, we're not a selfish race. But I feel like even if it was... Even though even it is kind of a, a 
dickish thing to kill that many people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it was 2,000 Turians or, or however many thousand, I don't even remember, but if it was, if it was or, or Quarians or, or Asari or Salarians or whatever, I feel like it's still better to save the thousands of people versus three, and maybe they're, like, administrative aides, that you're talking about, like, ten people versus thousands. Well, I assign each person a number, and then I, I get out my calculator, and I figure out, like, well, if this person is worth this many, and this person's worth this many. And then I do a lot of elaborate math, and then I figure out who to save. Yes. I mean, <laughs> the, Turian Council, the Turian Counselor makes it, like, negative 54. Because, <laughs> man, saving that guy, it's tough. <laughs> um, I've found fan fiction of him, so it's... Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's that's not a great that's not a great one for for the fanfiction. Also, uh, obviously obviously you're a, a Penny Arcade fan. Have you seen the episode of Penny Arcade TV where there there where Jerry and Mike are talking about Mass Effect three and they they look up the possible romances and they're and disgusted at Garrus as a romance. Roma- I because okay here's what got me about that. Who because I know um, Jerry says he plays a female shepherd. Mm-hmm. Who did he romance in Mass Effect two then? Jacob. Uh, probably, I don't know. I have because no that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Jacob, I, I, yeah, Jacob's not a good romance. And you especially get screwed with Jacob in Mass Effect 3. Especially, yeah. Yeah, it's I not feel good. like I feel like Jacob, um, we came up with this theory the other day that Jacob only goes out with you because you sexually harass him into it. <laughs> And he volunteers to go into those vents because he wants to die so bad just to get away from you. <laughs> and then when you don't send him into the vents and he lives, he goes and knocks up a chick super fast to be like, I can't, Shepard, I have a girl pregnant. Oh, what am I going to do? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> now, the, the other um, uh, big decision is the Rachni Queen, which also gets hand-waved away uh, in Mass Effect 3. Um, but do you, do you save her or do you kill her? I saved her. So you're, you're, you just went straight Paragon. I very Paragon. Yeah. Let's save everything. I don't care. Yeah, it is. It is one of those things where I kind of wish, I, I kind of wish that they would have had the balls to make saving the Arachnite Queen a bad thing, and the Arachnite come and and it's a it's a mission in Mass Effect Three, and it delays you and actually removes the, like EMS score. Oh man, that would have been like, oh, you screwed up. Sorry. What are you gonna do? <laughs> they kind of do that with with the um with the. Uh, the collector base in Mass Effect Two, where if 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 you do what what the elusive man is begging you to do, then you kind of get penalized. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So let's see. Bring down the sky and Pinnacle Station were the two DLC. Now, Pinnacle Station isn't really story oriented. It's really just a, a fighting thing. Now, many people don't like it. Have you played? Have you played it? Uh, I didn't play it. I watched Ben play it. Um... And it's funny because, first of all, there's this one Solarian where every time you go to ask him to load up the simulator thing, he's, like, super pissed at you. Oh, he acts like you're just ruining his day. You're like, <sighs> hey, could you start up the fighting thing? And he's like, what do you want? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to shoot things. The other thing is you have to survive. There's, like, ones where you have to survive for, like, five minutes or so mm-hmm. in the simulator. And it times you. And then after you survive for that long, it just keeps going until you die. If you go in there and you are all completely leveled up, it's hard to die in there. Mm-hmm. Ben went in and lived for about 20 minutes and then told his, part, told his teammate to stop using their powers mm-hmm. and was just shooting things himself. Still nobody would die. 
finally he stopped shooting things. Still nobody would die because they were still shooting stuff. And then it hit 40 minutes and the game crashed. <laughs> yeah, that's another problem is that the, the Mass Effect games, and I guess Bioware games in general, because I had a lot of problems with um, Knights of the Old Republic as well, they're not very stable. Um, they will crash your Xbox and, and your PC quite a bit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's it's unfortunate, and also I've had that happen many times uh, when I'm doing a run. It'll happen right before the end, and I'll have to like load up a save and do everything that I just did because you know crash or you know hey it locks up and you can't actually shoot the the the, the ending of, of Mass Effect Three, which is unfortunate. It was nice in Mass Effect Two that they, it auto saved a lot, so if you did crash, I never had to go back very far right. with it. At least I I had um, in Mass Effect Three. I had a problem where I was walking through a hallway and I got stuck between those two ladies that talk and that keeper. They like pinned me in, but <laughs> yeah. it was right. It was it happened right after Garrus date, and so mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh no, I have to go do Garrus date again." <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> what a tragedy! <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it is I, I've actually done a fair bit of like just falling through the map where you're you're walking. I get it on Tachanka a lot where you're just walking around and oh hey, I just fell through the map and I'm falling forever. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, now, bring down the sky is actually um, pretty interesting. And, and actually introduces the Batarians, which everybody loves to hate. Mm-hmm. Um, do and you... the Batarian shows up again on the E-Crimes mission. Yes, which is which is actually uh, obviously very, very applicable to you. Um, <laughs> do you. Do you like Bring Down the Sky, or do you think that, like, eh, it's, not wor- it's not worth playing, it's not worth, it's not, you know, interesting enough uh, as DLC? I, I enjoyed Bring Down the Sky. It's been so long since I played it. I, all I remember is being on a rock, and there were Batarians, and I was angry. Um, <laughs> like when that Batarian showed up at mm-hmm. um, the mission for Jordan Knowles' E Crimes, he he's pointing the gun at me and he says his name and Shepard's like, "Oh, I remember you." And I'm sitting there watching the TV, going, "I don't remember this guy at all." <laughs> <laughs> and a, then I look and they're like, "Oh, he's from the Bring Down the Sky DLC." And I'm like, "I don't remember what happened there." <laughs> <laughs> so so let's move on to, to let's talk about about Emmy uh, Two. Um, so did when you play when you ended you know you finished Mass Effect One. Uh, did you immediately go in and, and play Mass Effect Two, or did you like? Well, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some breathing space after this. Oh no, I started it immediately. Mm-hmm. That now, was because I mean I only slugged through Mass Effect One to get to Mass Effect Two. Yeah, actually, it's it, it is amusing. I, I I only owned a PS3, um, and when Mass Effect Two came out for it, I got it and I played through the first like, you know uh, the the first like elusive the elusive, you meet the elusive man and go out uh, and uh, meet Tally and everything, and I'm like, man. This is not right. So I actually I, later I went out and bought an Xbox and bought Mass Effect One and Two and then Three um, just so I could play through the whole series because man, starting in Mass Effect Two does not make much sense at all. No, it's it's awkward and you don't, you don't care. You, you don't care. You're like, hey Tally, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I don't know who Tally is, nor do I care. <laughs> I don't know who Cerberus is, and I don't get why I shouldn't like them. Yeah, and also because because at, at that point, at, the, at least in the beginning of the game, uh, it's kind of like, oh, Reapers, who who cares about them anymore? And it's all about the collectors. And I'm just like, collect these seem very generic. Who cares about these? Um, yeah. So but you can't. You really you really can't jump in uh, to Mass Effect in, in the middle of the series, or at least it's very hard because there's so much that you don't know and care about. So much. Yeah. So much. There's nobody, and there's nobody saying like, uh, "What do you know about this?" And then they say, "Oh, only what I learned in school." And then they explain it all to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the gameplay changes. You know, you had seen it when you actually play 
as as an infiltrator in this like was it you're like oh this is so much better than the one was that was it that kind of experience or was pretty it much like a, a slow revelation it was pretty much that so, oh thank oh i can turn invisible oh thank <laughs> oh i have all these things again oh i watched i watched him play and i was i had to go to one and was just going what are these things what's happening and mm-hmm. then and then i went to two and it, it felt like i i knew what was going on and that i could actually kill things yeah you finally. can actually use a lot more strategy in two where as an adept, I felt when I was playing one, I really was just throwing whatever power was available in the cooldown mm-hmm. because the cooldowns work very differently between one and two. Um, whatever was available, because they each cooldown separately instead of all a collective cooldown. Um, yeah. So I would just throw out whatever I whatever was available to, to try to kill Geth and, and, and things. But in Mass Effect 2, I actually started to use strategy and like, oh, well, you know, I should I should set up a warp bomb instead of just throwing out random, just throwing out random uh, things. Or, hey, you know, like, well, this is armor, so I should probably use warp to warp away the armor and warp away the barrier and I mean, that kind of so stuff. The point when I noticed that the... Th- the powers were certain colors if they would be effective on an enemy i was uh, this revelation to me i was like oh and now i then i figured out exactly how to kill things and it made it so much better yes also i stopped I, just using stuff like this one this one i don't know yes they actually differentiate the powers much like the classes are differentiated the powers because before it was like push and throw and singularity and what they all seem to do kind of the same thing which was do Put them in, move them around kinetically, and do some sort of damage. Like it didn't seem in Mass Effect One, uh, at least at least the 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 um, biotic powers didn't seem to be very different. Um, and and when you play as as a soldier, you're basically just not using powers at all. You're just doing like okay, minor things that boost. And even when I play it in multiplayer in uh, in Mass Effect Three, soldier seems so boring to me. Yeah, I don't know anybody who actually. I think there's. One soldier build. I don't remember which one it is. Krogan that people like, and everything else they're like, don't I don't even don't even bother. <laughs> it has to be for like the general purpose people who who just want to go in and and shoot mans. I think it's that, and it's for the people who have played soldier the whole time and are just really, really, really connected to soldier. They're like, I'm a soldier. Yeah, that's all they want to do. But I mean, at that point, it's like, why are you playing Mass Effect? <laughs> Where it's like, if you're just interested in shooting guys, like you should be playing Gears of War or, or like a, a Call of Duty or something. Where I feel like, it, if you're not gonna do something interesting with biotics or tech, then the play the the gameplay aspect of Mass Effect is kind of lost. Mm. I feel a, a little the same way. Now, what what do you think about the 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 change in how ammo is handled? I didn't mind it. I, Ma- I, many people did. I didn't really care. I loved the part in Mass Effect 3 where Conrad talks to you about thermal clips. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like I had read that conversation a million times on the boards. Yes. Also, I love, love in the, in, um, the Lair of the Shadow Broker um, DLC when, when you're outside the Shadow Broker's base and you're, tr- and you're waiting for Liara to crack open the door. And, and Shepard's like, hey, remember when you could just slap Omnigel on this and uh, open up any door? <laughs> and Liara's like, yeah, a lot of people didn't like that security upgrade. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of funny stuff in, in Lair of the Shadow Broker. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's Lair of the Shadow Broker. Talk about great DLC. That is really, really, really high quality DLC. Yep, one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, favorites. So the, the, in this game, in Mass Effect 2, the game is much more 
character driven than plot driven. In, in Mass Effect One, you're really it is about hey, you know, Saren's bad. We have to stop Saren, and we just need to collect people to to stop Saren. This is like <clears throat> it's a character studies more or less. I mean, yes, it's like hey, we want to go to the collector base, but it's that's kind of the most boring aspect of the game. That's we'll get there eventually. Yeah, and then you just go around. Oh, well, first of all, hold on. Oh, you have to go t- talk to to Jacob's dad first. It's much more important <laughs> than the collectors. Do I have to talk to his dad? Oh, okay. Yeah, that is. Jacob is certainly the most boring. Now, wh- what characters? Well, I guess I should ask you the same thing about Mass Effect One. What characters do you take out with you the most? Um, Mass Effect One, I took Garrus and Liara mm-hmm. usually. Um, Garrus because he's my bro. And and Liara because it was made for a nice balanced squad. Have mm. some biotics in there, and and then Garrus. Um, Mass Effect Two. I started with Garrus and Miranda. Yeah, Garrus and Miranda is a good team mm-hmm. with my infiltrator. And then as soon as I get Thane, I take Garrus and Thane. And, really? And do you, we go do everywhere. you like Thane as a character or just for the or just for the the gameplay aspect? I like him as a character, but I also love taking out Team Sexy Sniper. <laughs> and we shoot everything. We just we destroy stuff. Yeah. Um, my bonus power is Reeve. Which doesn't really fit as an infiltrator, but I have no good powers to really take down barriers. Mm-hmm. And Reeve destroys barriers, and so it's like I'm gonna take that. I don't care if it doesn't make sense. Yes, um, <laughs> but I, I do like I do like the bonus power option when we do uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the the new game plus um, because that way you can try out new things and you still have kind of the safety net of like you know if you're an adept and you're used to playing an adept, but you know oh well you know I'll try out this. You kind of still have that. Uh, I still kind of have this one part of my of my old build. I'll keep this. I'll keep it. Yeah, and I I, I just. Decided that somebody put some Ezo in my drink one night, and I didn't notice, and now I now I have a little bit of biotics. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> the Thane is is very interesting to me because a lot of people have strong feelings, um, positive feelings for Thane. Um, where for me, he seems like a, a, such a, a, a an uninteresting character where they don't even really. Ex- I feel like they don't even explore his character all that much unless you're uh, romancing him. Yeah, I've always liked Thane for his memories, mm-hmm. his solipsism, which not when he goes into them, I just find it a really amusing idea mm-hmm. that somebody remembers absolutely everything that happened to him. So I like to take Thane places and pretend that he is like our record keeper, mm-hmm. that he remembers where I parked. <laughs> and when I get blackout drunk, he remembers what happened that night. So I'm like, what? oh no, what did I do? Who did I send stupid messages to? And he's like, Shepard, let me tell you, but I'm going to zone out while I do it. Uh, it's, he's around for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there was a, a thing I wrote on my blog about if Drell's, because always, he always slips into really interesting memories. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what if he, what if he slipped into like really boring ones? Where yeah. he's just washing the dishes or getting something from a vending machine. <laughs> like, what if he slipped into these memories at really inappropriate times? Like, what if he's at dinner with his parents and suddenly he's thinking about having sex with a lady? Yeah, that would be particularly awesome. Um, I, I, w- I would like to see that. In fact, I mean, like, now now that Shepard's story is, you know, quote unquote over, um, unless they, they pull a uh, halo, um, mm. do you think that? more more personal stories like that where having a game uh that focuses really on on more like one or a small a very small group of characters in the, in the galaxy do you think that that would be 
worthwhile or, or something that you'd be interested in playing? I, I don't know if I'd want it about currently established characters. Mm-hmm. I think I'd want new characters. Mm-hmm. But well, I would... they, they certainly seem to be wanting to do it at a different point in in the continuity not like you know within the the 20 years uh of uh you know but you know after humans enter and then reapers and reapers enter uh, you know only only it is very compressed the timeline of mass effect between when humans find the rest of the galaxy and when the reapers attack it is a tiny tiny sliver of yeah. time yeah i would definitely play more in that universe but i wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to do, like, with this game you're going to play as Thane. I wouldn't want to do that. Right. I would feel weird doing that. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is certainly something that I, I hope they look into uh, in, in the future and something I would be interested in playing. So the characters, what characters did you love? Uh, you know, what are, what are your, your favorite characters? And what are the characters that you just, you, you can't stand and, and you never, ever go down and visit them? Um, Garrus is my favorite character, mm-hmm. obviously. I go see Garrus every chance I get. Um, but he's busy calibrating. He's always busy calibrating. I still go in and check. I still pop in and go, calibrating? Still? Calibrating? He's like, calibrating. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I, squad mates? Ooh, God, who do I love besides Garrus? Um, Morton. I do, Morton. I love Morton. <laughs> I was like trying to, there's so many I have to think who they all are again. Mm-hmm. Uh, love Morden. Go Jack? talk to Morden a lot, but Morden gets annoyed at you then and starts telling you to not bother him as much. Jack didn't like Jack at first, but she grew on me. Jack, Jack's um, her her arc, her character arc throughout ME uh, two and three, I think is one of the strongest in the series. Mm-hmm. She really she really does mature quite a bit. Yeah, and at first I was when you first meet her, I was very like, uh, this chick is bugging me. But uh, when you Start to, to go talk to her more. She grows on you. Um, I didn't like Miranda a lot in Mass Effect 2. And then when she showed up in Mass Effect 3, there was just this part of me that, that it, it tugged. And I was like, oh, I forgot how much I like you. I actually do like you. That's right. Yeah, well, she's, and, and, you know, people complain about her being complaining that she's perfect. Um, but she's, at least she's interesting, unlike Jacob. <laughs> unlike Jacob. She, she, has, she has some sort of depth of character. I'm like, oh, I'm a generic soldier. Much much like Vega, um, Jacob is generic, good-looking male soldier. <laughs> every conversation with Jacob, if you're a female shepherd, because you can romance him, mm-hmm. every conversation is like going through a minefield. Because there will be three dialogue choices that all sound like they could possibly be hitting on him. And uh, I'll sit there and I'll stare at them for five minutes going, okay, I don't know what to do. I don't know which one of these is going to not be hitting on him. <laughs> and I'll select very carefully and Shepard will say a, a perfectly innocent phrase in some weirdly sexy way and then leave the room. And I'm like, damn it, no! Yes, as, as she leans back sexily on the on the counter. Damn it, Shepard, we're not being sexy now! <laughs> well, it's hard when, when Shepard's drunk all the time. It's hard to know it's, when it's time to be sexy. It's hard to forget when the sexiness is leaving. Yes. Um, I like... Kasumi. Mm-hmm. She, she was, she's very interesting. She was fun. Zahid, um, I like, a lot of people have strong feelings about Zahid. Zahid? I don't like Zahid. <laughs> I've never really cared for Zahid. Um, 14 I actually, men and I. What, oh what my god. You about? My <laughs> damn burritos. I was the only one who made it out alive. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Uh, shoot the garbage out the ship. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, on one playthrough, did the thing where you can kill him on his loyalty mission. Yeah, because I find it hilarious. Well, you know, he, he again 
much like Miranda, at least he's he has something. At least, at he, least has, he has something, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, people have a pretty strong dislike um, for him, but I, 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 I always save him. I always keep him around because, uh, well, number one, he he's a, a pretty bit much a beast in the suicide mission he he yeah. is he will survive anything um and the second is uh i don't want i don't want somebody like that going against me or or his or his friends going against me in, in kind of a metagaming aspect um i i don't want somebody like that not on my team if i want i want somebody like zahid on my team um so do you think that now, obviously, we don't get we don't get Rex in, in Mass Effect Two, um, but we do get Grunt. And some people before it came out were a little bit worried that it'd just be you know Diet Rex. Um, but he's actually very different from Rex, and has his own interesting story. Uh, what do you think about uh, Grunt? Is he is he a worthy companion? Yeah, oh, I love Grunt. I, I was like, like I said, there's so many people in Mass Effect Two that I forget who they all are, and I have to like count them out on my fingers, and then realize I don't have enough fingers. Um, I love grunt and i love doing his mission um i love killing that thresher maw with him he's so much fun he's super excited i love that about him and mm-hmm. he's always like yeah we're gonna kill stuff it's gonna be fun um do like going down there every time that's one of the few renegade dialogue things that i'll say to him is when he's like i hate Tyrians," and i immediately i'm like stay the fuck away from garris <laughs> no bad bad crow oh no we like Tyrians, and he's like no i hate Tyrians." Mm-hmm. now uh, now, Tally, do, do you do you like Tally uh, throughout the series? Do you think that she matures properly, or do you think that she's kind of one note? I like Tally. I like Tally. I don't hang out with Tally a lot. I'm always just, I, I don't know why, but I don't. I think it's because I'm always with bros. I'm always like, Garris, Thane, let's go, bros. We're going to yeah. go do bro things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tally's a little, I, I don't really relate a lot to her, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I do think it's kind of adorable that even when you're a female shepherd, she's like, shepherd, and she gets all shy around you, and I'm like, you're whatever. Go on. <laughs> yes. I mean, if if nothing else, Tally is adorable. Go go play with your engines, you silly thing. Quarian. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Samara, which is uh, the Samara Morinth uh, story, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> that is my favorite mission. <laughs> And it's, I know there's like there's no fighting in it, but I will go do that mission over and over and over to go through all of those stupid dialogue things you can say to Morinth. Mm-hmm. Um, because my favorite thing is to fail it on purpose. Like go over and get her all like, hey, let's go to this booth, and you get in this booth, and she's like, it's supposed to be romantic, like you're like she's hitting on you, but this is a huge family sized booth first of all, and you're sitting across from each other in it. And then one of the dialogue things you can say to her is is you're going to discuss a topic, and one of the first ones is. To pick is just a cars. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never, I've never done the the trolling aspect of it. Oh, I've done it so many times. I we used to do it almost every playthrough. I would do it and then go back and reload. I'd go and be like, "Hey, what's up? What's up, baby? You like just a cars? <laughs> I love just a cars. I have a collection of just a car trading cards. <laughs> yeah, you want to look at them? I love just a cars." <laughs> then she gets mad and she's like, "Let's talk about something else." And then the next option is family, and I was like, "Let's talk about family. How's your mother? My mother's dead." <laughs> Just like I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm leaving. <laughs> they they do make it very stark. Those the, 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 no no gray areas in that dialogue choice. <laughs> it it cracks me up, and I want to go through because there's lots of when you talk about music and all that stuff. There's the one you are obviously supposed to talk about. You're supposed to talk about Expel Ten and all these things that you've discovered about her. 
But then there's all these weird like side ones. There was one the other day I noticed that says I bring the change when you're talking about something. And I saw it and I still have no idea what I bring the change is. So next playthrough, I'm going to go figure that out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Mass Effect, Bioware games uh, have so much good replay value where I've played through, you know, Knights of the Old Republic probably like uh, maybe eight times. And each time I play through it, I find that there's this whole branch of dialogue or this whole subplot that I've missed the other times. Much yeah. the, the same thing with Mass Effect where I will play through it be like what when did this come in i don't remember this at all i didn't know i could do this here this is awesome now have you ever in any of your playthroughs saved morinth no you have no, to be a pretty have, horrible person to do that yeah and i have um seen playthroughs where she's been saved i've watched youtubes of it um and the husband one time saved her and then went and reloaded so that he could have her her loyalty power right um but then went back because you can go back and then not safer, but still have the power, mm-hmm. um, which is really funny because then he has dominate and AI hack, so it doesn't matter what comes at him; he can make them fight each other. <laughs> um, it is it is interesting, and then I I enjoy that they at least make an effort to have some sort of continuity among the uh, among the the episodes because you did, then you do if you do save Morinth you see her as kind of you know the the banshee zombie uh, uh-huh. in, in so it, it is nice that even something that's as as quirky and silly as as you know getting through all of the 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 paragon renegade checks and saving Morinth um that I'm sure nobody does. I'm sure it's like 0.0001% of, of the playing population saves Morinth. But then they bother to make that into the Mass Effect 3, and I think that shows a lot of dedication and, and expertise that you don't get in other games. Yeah. yeah, she still has to show up. I also love at the end of Mass Effect 2, if you sleep with her and it kills you, uh-huh. um, I always find that so funny because it's it's very obvious that she's going to kill you when she does it. Mm-hmm. But she's... Convince Shepard that that he is strong enough, or that she is strong enough to to survive it. Like, oh no, I know it kills everybody, but you're Shepard. Yeah, you're different. <laughs> oh, good good point. That's a very good point. Let's do it. Mind sex me. <laughs> well, you know, you if you if you're drunk enough. <laughs> if you're drunk enough, and she is sort of down in that area. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now that you've now that Mass, Mass Effect Three has been out and you've played it and obviously you lo- you love Mass uh, multiplayer, uh, going back and playing Mass Effect Two is it is it hard? No, I already did it once. So, but but you <laughs> didn't you didn't find it difficult? You know, you're trying trying to use uh, you know trying to do like uh, you know tech explosions and you can't, uh, or trying to roll or go between cover and uh, it's not it's not happening. Not. Not really. There was one time where I was like, I'm going to grab this guy, and then ran up and was like, oh, never mind. Oh, yeah, wait, I can't do that. I'm going to, I guess I'll just shoot you. <laughs> but otherwise, I've already done it once, and I did it, okay, I actually did it on a harder difficulty than I had ever played it before, because Mass Effect 3 made me so much better at shooting things. Mm-hmm. And so even with the combat being different, I was still much better at it than I had been. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the biggest uh, downsides to the to the the strategy of get behind cover and stay there of Mass Effect 2 is that when you see when you see that there's going to be you know like two foot two and a half feet tall walls or or like uh, you know like these walls that jut out you know three feet from the wall you're like well clearly there's going to be bad guys here I'm going to need to get behind cover it's there's not a lot of surprise you're not get you don't get ambushed uh, very easily 
<laughs> there was actually one point where I was doing a mission and uh, I went around a corner and there was all that cover mm-hmm. sort of area. And I immediately ran up and got behind cover and then nothing happened. <laughs> You're like, well, I guess I'll just wait here. And so then I got up and I, I just imagined Garrison Thane looking at me like, um, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> so... When you when you originally went through and played the suicide mission, did, did you did you go through and and go by a guide, or did you just wing it and and hope that you got it right? I had already watched it happen, so I, I knew what to do. Um, but when I saw him do it the first time, we I had, like we made the choices together, sort of, and and we got everybody through. Interesting. Because um, well, I think as I know people who have done things like put Thane in the vents. And then justified it as, well, I found him in vents. Yeah, they, they're not really paying attention <laughs> to the dialogue. I'm like, what? What is... Do you think that he just loves vents and that that was the whole important part there? Was there's vents and whoever loves vents the most should go in them? Yeah, he's a vent expert. <laughs> like, that's not the point. They, were, they said tech expert and Ben mm-hmm. and we both just were like, well, Tally is, is the smartest tech thing. And then mm-hmm. it was... So. Now, now, obviously... At the, at the very, very end, you actually get a Geth. You get Legion mm-hmm. uh, to be part of your squad. Do you, do you like Legion, and do you, do you wish that there was more Legion in Mass Effect 2, or, or is it just kind of a boring subplot for you? I like Legion, and I do wish that I could have been able to get him like earlier in the game and actually do stuff with him without having like half my crew die. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's fun to take places. He's fun to take to the Citadel and watch people be confused by, um, like, the Geth do not infiltrate part. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. um, fun to take to Tally's loyalty mission, but it's hard to wait that long to do all that stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it'd be, it would have been nice if there hadn't been that timer after you get him mm-hmm. to do things. I also, it is interesting, my first playthrough, I, it, it might be, Instinct in games, at, at just because you know I've played games my whole life, is that like delay as long as possible before going to do things that obviously will be you know like you, no turning back after this. Yeah. Um, and so my instinct was like, oh, they captured all our crew, and I'm like, well, I'll just delay this until I get you know I've I've done all the missions, and then you get there, and then everybody's everybody dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I saved I I when I uh, did the, my my run through the first time, uh, I didn't I didn't uh, go you know step-by-step step through a walkthrough, but I did read on the internet, like, some some tips, um, except that I didn't read uh, about who you should take, who you should have save the, uh, um, keep the line, hold the line, uh, yeah. so I, I left Tally uh, to hold the line with the rest of the group, and I, I, I lost Tally um, in my first playthrough, and I'm like, well, I have to redo that, because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna have Tally dead. I mean, if it was some other character, I probably would have just left it, and it would have been fine, but you know, I, I knew that, that Tally was going to have at least some important... Like, if it was Grunt or something, then or Zahid, I'd be like, ah, well, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> even though even though everyone was loyal, I made sure everyone was loyal, she still died because she, I guess, is just so weak. Um, it's just the the way the points work there. Yeah, it it, it, it was unfortunate. Um, so I actually had... Uh, when bad things happen, do you, do you go back, and something that you didn't expect, do you go back and load a save and redo it or um, do you just roll with it and you're like well this is what happens uh, it depends how far back the save is mm-hmm. if I can fix it um, if I have to go back and redo a lot of stuff then I'm like well whatever that's what happened if I think I can go back and fix it easily mm-hmm. then I'll go back and reload a save like sometimes in Mass Effect to fix something you're going to have to go back really far 
Yeah, I mean, especially things like um, the things that take place across multiple games, like um, Malin's data. Um, yeah, that that is something that like, well, I guess I could redo a whole another playthrough. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, speaking of Malin's data, do you, do you save it or do you have more than throw it away? I saved it. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what was was that was that a meta gaming uh, aspect, or did, was did you have like an in universe? Um, Justification. Um, because Mass Effect Three wasn't out yet, so I didn't know if it was going to be useful or not. Well, um, but you can you can kind of guess like, well, <laughs> this is a thing about the Genophage, and the Genophage has played a, a substantial role in one and two. So this is going to be information about the Genophage. You can kind of do the math that this information about the Genophage is going to be useful. Which you could, which you could do in universe, anyways. You could be like, well, uh, maybe we want to still cure it sometimes, so maybe I should hold on to it. Yeah, I suppose that's true. So. Um, the collector base. Uh, ha- now, what did you think about having there be a, like a, an actual end boss that was a, a human reaper? Uh, I I liked it a lot. It was a fun thing to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the. Uh, art like the concept art for it where it looks like a big fetus you have to kill no i i, I have actually have the the art book i don't remember i don't remember it being a fetus. i don't know if it's in the art book it's i know there's art concept art of it somewhere where it actually looks like a fetus that's kind of creepy um but <laughs> there's a really great part in it somewhere where you show up and you're asking edie about it and she explains that it's a she says something like it's a fetus and then the first thing Shepard said back is, so it's not alive? <laughs> and I immediately started laughing, and I yelled, Bioware is pro-choice! <laughs> um, so, you, you liked it. Did you listen to the, the elusive man and, and, and save the collector base, or did you do the, the Paragon action and destroy it? Oh, no, I, I destroyed that thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, it is tough, because there's this, there's this really weird thing where... One of you, the people that you bring with you, is going to be against uh, destroying it, and one of them will be for destroying it. And then, no matter what, if you if you save it, they, they everyone yells at you for doing everyone it. Everyone yells at you for it. They're like, and what the, the thing F? is, Shepherd? Sarah, Sarah actually saved it the first time because the person who was telling her to keep it was Garrus. Yeah, that's so, so weird. She, so she was like, Garrus told me to keep it. And I'm like, he's just playing devil's advocate. He doesn't actually want you to. He just wants you to think about things. And she got on the ship, and everybody was like, "What'd you do, Shepard? You're you're out of fucking control." And she went back and reloaded and and destroyed it. Yeah. Uh, now, the elusive man. Many people now. Before Mass Effect Three came out, many people had different opinions of of the elusive man. When you played it, you know, when everything was new and you're you're playing it for the first time, and did you like the elusive man? Did you trust him, or were you wary of him the entire time? Oh, I didn't trust him. I found him hilarious, but I didn't trust him. I loved going and talking to him because I felt like I was trolling him all the time and making him mad. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't trust him. Like Damn every time, hard. every time I get an email that was like, oh, I, saw, "I saw what you did," I'm, I would laugh. Yeah. I'd now, be like, I'm your spaceship. Ha ha ha. Now, going in, when when you first started, you're like, I were you were you did you have the goal? of romancing Garrus, or was it something that you're like, well, you know, I do like this character, maybe I should romance him? Um, so the first time I saw Mass Effect 2 was when the husband was playing it, mm-hmm. and he plays a femship, and we had, he had been sort of flirting with Jacob, because that was the first person you could flirt with, mm-hmm. 
and we're like that. We're like, flirt with things, flirt with things, flirt with things. <laughs> I don't care what. Um, then we get... Which bites you in the ass in Mass Effect 3. Bites you in the ass. Then we get Garrus on the ship, which as soon as we found that Archangel was Garrus, we both flipped out. We're like, Garrus, oh my god! Um, gets on the ship, you do his loyalty mission, and he's talking to you, and that reach flexibility conversation comes mm-hmm. up. And I think he, we just... He, almost didn't know what to do we just stared at each other like what what is what's happening do it do it do it do it do it hit it hit it (laughs) (laughs) it was like this complete shock in the room and then happiness and after that i i was like this is the best thing that's ever happened and give me this game i need to go hit on garris too (laughs) and then Um, jake was never flirted with again (laughs) (laughs) no no and then he he cried himself to sleep yeah every night Yes. On his abs. <laughs> uh, but the prize. <laughs> the prize. <laughs> um, so that that that's pretty much the the game. But we, there's also all this you know interesting all this interesting um, DLC. Now, obviously, they they really wanted you to buy it new. So with it came you know you know came Zahid and 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 the uh, whole DLC engine that they have. Um, did you think that? You know, Kazahid and Kasumi, they're, they're squad mates, but they're not, like, real squad mates because you don't really have much dialogue that you can actually interact with them. They're just strictly, you listen to them talk. Yeah. Do you think that that was um, okay, or was it something like you, that actually took you out of the game? It it was okay for Zaid because I didn't go talk to him very much anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, Kasumi, I, I would have liked to actually have conversations, but I didn't mind going down and I didn't mind it that much because most of what she said anyways was gossip. And so it was always kind of fun to just go down and click and be like, what's happening on my ship? Mm. (laughs) Mm, Juicy details. Uh, I did. I like Kasumi's loyalty mission a lot. It's pretty good. It's, it's fun to pull a heist. Uh, Even though I know people complain about that guy's accent all the time. Yeah. It's not a great accent, but it is. I mean, that is what's nice about the about the loyalty missions is that they kind of get to play with the formula a bit. There's a lot of like non-traditional gameplay uh, going on there. It's not just oh hey you go here and then there are guys and you have to hide behind cover and shoot them and get to the next point. Mm-hmm. Like the Samara one is no fighting in it. Yeah, it's just all talking and working or your way through things. Situations. Which which I which I had to re- I had to reload I think two or three times to get Thane's loyalty mission right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually found, stumbled upon a great explanation for the guy's accent. Uh, I was listening to a news story about strokes one time, Mm -hmm. and somebody had a stroke and suddenly had a Jamaican accent, but it was really bad. (laughs) They weren't actually Jamaican. They were just talking how they thought Jamaicans talked. And so my new explanation is out that that guy has a stroke. He had a stroke, and that's how he talks now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's I mean, that's a better explanation than I could come up with. (laughs) I was like, that's it. He had a stroke. Now we we talked about Lair of the Shadow Broker, and that is, uh, you know, I think the high watermark for DLC. Like I I can't think of any DLC. Well, maybe like you know they had the the Grand Theft Auto DLC that is actually like whole games essentially. Yeah, that, but that, otherwise, that, that's, 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 that's I mean that's pretty that's pretty great. Um, but this, Lair of the Shadow Broker is really really um a fantastic. Uh, example of what you can do with DLC, and that it isn't just like, oh, buy more guns, which you can absolutely do um, uh, with Mass Effect 2, but it can be so much more, and it can actually, you know, make the game better. And it actually took Liara's romance from being kind of boring to being, I would think, the, I think the best in the series. 
it it definitely made Liara a better character for me mm-hmm. when she's because when she's in Mass Effect One, she's so just like oh, I'm boring and I don't know what to talk about, uh, and I'm just like not interested in her at all. Mm-hmm. And then in Mass Effect Two, she gets like this angry, like play you with your mind, driven side of her that's determined to do things and mm-hmm. and strong and everything now. And I like her a lot more. I still didn't want to romance her. I still now I just wanted to upset her and laugh at how funny she is when she's mad. Um, <laughs> But I, I love that DLC a lot, and I've played it. I'll play it multiple times, and I'll play it through. Like I'll go back to an old save and play it again. Mm-hmm. Um, the only part I don't like is having to drive a car. <laughs> well, you know, it could be a lot worse. It's actually, yeah. it's actually pretty hard to die. Yeah, is it every time? Right before you fly the car, it goes to a loading screen, mm-hmm. and I always forget that that loading screen has the instructions for flying the car. Oh, uh, so the loading screen comes up, and I'm like, try. I need a beverage, quick. Hold on. Pause, turn around, all of a sudden turn back and be like, oh shit, that had the instructions again. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> loading screens are, are really, really bad in Mass Effect 2. Every time, every time you're, you're, you change any area, um, you have to wait a long... And I think it, it's actually worse on the, on the PS3, but on the, on the Xbox 360, it's, it's still pretty bad. There's still a lot... You install the discs on your, on your hard drive, and it's still quite a bit of loading. I have no sense of time when I play. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then also, famously in Mass Effect One, the elevators. Elevators. I love the elevators. <laughs> well, it is it is inc- extremely awkward when you take the elevator in the Normandy, and you're basically <laughs> oh, going God, like six feet. So slow. The worst part of that elevator is that you can see, like the wall mm-hmm. going down on the outside, so you see how slow the elevator is going. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's uh, pretty awful. Um, <laughs> But you know, on the whole, I, I think that they've they've done a lot. And now, what do you think about the the two other big um, story based DLCs were Overlord and Arrival? Did you play both of those? I did. I played Overlord, which makes you fly the hammerhead, oh, which dear. I'm very bad at. Yes. <laughs> Except for I fly around and knock over those. Um, those horse things. Yes, the the, the space cows, the shifty looking space, space cows. cows. <laughs> space cows with the little stubby arms on the front that we decided we're gonna make buffalo wings out of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also didn't like. Uh, I like most of Overlord, but it's loud. Oh, the, the when when David's screaming. Oh, it's yeah. it's terrible. It's really suddenly loud, so I have to like turn it up to hear people talk and then turn it back down because I know he's going to scream at me again. Yeah. And it's really frustrating to play it like that. If it only happened once, I'd be okay with it. Like, if it's, like, one big scream, okay, well, that was supposed to scare, like, spook me or whatever. Okay, that's fine. But they do it, like, six <laughs> or seven times. It keeps going and going and going. I'm just like, ah, oh, I get it. You're mad. Whatever. Yeah. I don't think the game, I don't think that it's very fun, but I think that the, the story is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the story, and I like how it how it, it it you can wrap how it wraps up in Mass Effect Three. It's handled pretty well. Yeah, that's you do see that kid again. I always forget that you do see him. Yeah, and and, and going back, I I did I did a save where I didn't play Overlord uh, with my uh, dude Shep, and it is weird. It is really 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 weird um, going to and doing the the. Um, the Kali Sanders mission and not seeing David there. Um, I I was actually kind of like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I really I really wish I would have played Overlord. You also see his um the the older brother. Yeah. 
too, it, it, and you with Jacob in the Jacob's mission. You're totally pissy at him. <laughs> yes, you can actually get him to shoot himself. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is which is wonderful. Real dick to him. I liked I liked Overlord. Um, Arrival has a lot of dumb shit in it. Oh, oh man. man, it is not. <laughs> I, I'm not. I am not a fan of Arrival. I, and there, there are the achievements for Arrival that I will never ever get because I do not want to play that that DLC again. Uh, I do it just because I, uh, it's there, I guess, mm-hmm. and there's and it's more things to shoot, and I like shooting things. Mm-hmm. But man, there's so many problems with it. <laughs> like, why do they even tell me that they have a big button for me to push and blow things up with? Yeah, I also wish that it didn't allow you to play it until after or right before the suicide mission because uh, the first time I ever played it was after all the DLC had come out and I downloaded it all, bought it and downloaded it all and I just was going through missions that I saw on my screen and I played it in the middle of the game and it made no sense yeah ugh. it's like oh the reapers are coming and I'm like really on like a, a Tuesday morning okay <laughs> I guess I guess it's going to be some morning. <laughs> yes, but I'm like, I, I'm kind of busy with this collector thing. Uh, I guess I can deal with the Reapers. Um, because at least once you're, once you're uh, you know, at, at the end game, you, Reapers are now back in the forefront. It yeah, isn't it's just a good collectors. sudden threat to show up again. Yeah, but, but it, when you're playing in the middle of the game, you're still all about the collectors, and Reapers aren't even really mentioned all that much until much later in the game. <laughs> And I always save it now till the end of the game, but that's mm-hmm. kind of weird too because Haggett gives you the mission after Horizon. So then I always, like, you go at the end of the game and you get there and the countdown is at two days. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like, well, who told me about this months ago? <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> I've been at a bar forever. <laughs> My bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jeez, I'm stupid. Yeah, um, but obviously Arrival was intended to to really go right into Mass Effect 3, and then I feel like they changed gears um, before release, because you don't really... M- much of what happened at the end of Arrival, where, where it's like, way to go blowing up all those Batarians, Shepard. Um, it's kind of like waved away, like, yeah, 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 that doesn't matter. We'll see you in court. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, we we thought that we were going there, but we we actually don't care, uh, and we're just going to go right into reapers are <laughs> are tearing shit up. Court, court what? <laughs> um, yeah, there's not much of a court after the reapers hit Earth because you just destroyed. Um, in the improvements in in the gameplay, uh, is it is it important? Uh, is it is it noticeable going to three for you? Is it as noticeable going to three for you as it was from ME1 to ME2? I think so. Mm-hmm. I haven't, that, I mean, that jump from ME1 to ME2, I haven't done in so long mm-hmm. that it feels like it, it's not even there anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> but the jump from Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 3 is definitely significant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can still go back and play Mass Effect 2 as opposed to being able to go back and play Mass Effect 1 anymore. That I absolutely cannot do. Um, but Mass Effect 3 is just so smooth mm-hmm. that I can... I think Mass Effect 3 just made me really good at doing the combat. That's right. how smooth it is. Mass Effect 2, I can still do it. I'm just like kind of hobbling around in it still. Mm. I, I think really the, my, my main problem is that when I'm playing the, the solo game... Uh, 
everything it everything is kind of um, at a pinch point where where you can get behind cover and and until somebody starts throwing grenades at you, you can pretty much stay behind cover. When you're playing multiplayer, you have to spend a good bit of time outside of cover um, to get at the enemies. Mm-hmm. And that's really where things go downhill for me, uh, especially when I'm not an infiltrator uh, and I can't just cloak away and, and get out of there. Um, because I'll be doing fine and I'll, I'll be hiding and then I'll be like, oh, well, everybody's on the other side of the map, so I have to go over there. And then and then a brute comes out and attacks me and I get insta-killed. I, in multiplayer, almost never take cover. Um, I think the only time I take cover is if we're doing gold. And then I'll take cover sometimes. Otherwise, I'm never in cover. I'm running around like a crazy person. I've only played gold like I think three or four times because you have because you can't really play it with pubs. No, no. <laughs> Although the one time I did clear reapers on gold was with a friend and two pubs. Wow. And it was very impressive. Mm-hmm. I could not believe we did it. We had two adepts and two sentinels, and somehow we did it. Uh, because like I-, I play with pubs and and we will wipe on bronze occasionally because <laughs> nobody we're, we're nobody's working together and like, I, I one guy runs off by himself yeah and then like i'm like hey hey i'm you know i'm a vanguard i need you to res me and they're they're all dead and uh, yeah. it's nothing um also i i think that me3 is, is interesting because this is obviously the first time we have day one dlc that they expect you to buy what did you now? Before the ending was known, the big the big brouhaha about Mass Effect Three was the day one DLC with Javik. Uh, what did you think about that? Um, it was free with the collector's edition, right? Wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it was free with the collector's edition, the standard <clears throat> edition. Um, but mind you, the collector's edition is like what I think is like eighty bucks, something like that. Um, but for the standard edition, it, it was an additional ten dollars. Oh, I guess I didn't actually know that it was. Because <laughs> I got the collector's edition, so as as did I. Um, <laughs> but um, many people got, you know, as as people on the internet are to do, they got kind of pissy about it. Um, yeah, it's the internet. Yes. Um, what do you What do you think about Jarek? Well, number one, the concept of uh, uh, a Prothean in stasis. What do you think about that? And then once once that, what do you think about Jarek as a character? As a character, uh, Javik is. Like my one of my favorite characters to take places, um, he's especially Thessia. He's so funny because he just trolls the shit out of Liara. Um, I loved the mission. The mission where you get him mm-hmm. is really funny because you're like, oh, it's a Prothean in stasis, and Liara's super excited immediately, mm-hmm. and she's all, maybe it'll be a scientist, maybe he can help us. And I just, I knew right away, it's not gonna be a scientist. It's just gonna be some guy. <laughs> I was half expecting to pop out, and then Encino Man starts happening. <laughs> like, like, we're going to thaw him out, and he's going to start doing cave drawings on the walls, and now I have to teach him about how life is now. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, I, I can't get enough of that fucking guy. He's so funny. I wrote, actually wrote stuff about him on the blog already. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite characters, and definitely if you didn't get the collector's edition, I think he's worth the $10. Yeah. I mean, I would, it is hard to think because, like, uh, I, because I played Mass Effect Two once all the DLC was out. I think of uh, Lair of the Shadow Broker as an integral part of the game. It's the same thing with Javik or Javik as whatever you want to pronounce it. Um, I, he's he's such a 
huge part of it um, that I I really can't imagine playing the game without him. Yeah, I definitely I definitely cannot imagine playing it without him. He's so fun. He has he's awesome fun to take along on combat because he has great powers. Especially if you bring along another biotic, you can make such explosions with him. Right. Um, I again took Reeve as my bonus power, even though I'm an infiltrator. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was also pretty interesting him with Liara and you talk about him trolling it is that especially when you romance Liara um you basically it's like you spend so much time comforting her you're like she's so upset <laughs> that he's he doesn't he doesn't uh, play into what she expected um from a Prothean that she, you you spent a lot of time being like it's okay, Liara. <laughs> also, Joker. One of my favorite Joker lines um, is uh, he you after after the after Javik's mission, you you come in and you say uh, uh, he goes, oh hmm, so a real Prothean, hey. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, so has Liara stopped bouncing? I'm guessing there's been some bouncing. Which <laughs> you, you can read as one, she's bouncing because she's excited, and also you can read it as a second way is that she is uh, her her. Breasts are ridiculously sized, proportioned, especially in Mass Effect two and three. I feel like the, the at least the outfits that they put her in, they're they're novelty size. They're like a uh, Playboy bunny size. It's bizarre. They did they did get bigger. I remember we were playing through and somebody Sarah said something about Loyar's boobs getting bigger, and I was like, I think Caden's got bigger too when they showed him with like his bare chest. <laughs> and then I said, No wait, Caden's just one big boob. <laughs> Um, so it is It is a little strange, and uh, obviously the other addition, well, I guess you can count two additions. So the first one would be uh, James Vega. Now, you, you talked a little bit about James and, and how you like him, but you like him in kind of an ironic tongue-in-cheek way. <laughs> no, I genuinely love James. I think he's adorable. I think he's a, a really fun guy. When they announced that Freddie Prinze was going to be doing his voice, I was super excited. Um if you know anything about Freddie Prince Jr., he is a huge nerd, and so he was super excited. And he he doesn't actually do a lot of acting anymore. He's only in like little tiny things that he is really excited about. And so he brought a lot of enthusiasm to it. You could tell. Mm-hmm. And he's I I love James when he says Spanish stuff. I actually I have a song about James that I did on my ukulele. That's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, we when we were doing Mass Effect stuff. For Jim and Dizzy, we made sock puppets, and we made a, a James sock puppet. <laughs> and the James sock puppet has a Twitter account now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we, we made, uh, we took a muscle shirt, one of those like padded muscle shirts, mm-hmm. and drew like James tattoos on it, mm-hmm. and put the James shirt on it. And that's what I wore to launch night <laughs> with Sarah in her shepherd armor, and my hair all spiked up. And so I genuinely like James a lot. I think he's really funny. There's a great part in the game. Where when you pull up your map, you can see where people are on your ship. Mm-hmm. Which, oh my god, why didn't nobody tell me that earlier? I had gone through almost all of the game, and then somebody mentioned that. Uh, I pull up the map of the ship, and I see Mess Hall, James, Javik, and I couldn't get there fast enough. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be the best conversation ever. Mm-hmm. My, my two, one of, two of my favorite characters are in the kitchen together. And James was making huevos rancheros, which <laughs> about killed me. And Javik is standing there telling him that he's going to throw things out the airlock. I was just, 
this is perfect. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that was, I have to say, they did a great job with that, with, with so much more squad interaction where the characters move about the, the cabin, they, they go different places, they talk to different characters, and you really get this feeling that, like, it's a team now. Like, they're all, everybody's in this together, they all care deeply for each other, and I think that it adds a lot to the character aspect of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially because if you aren't romancing certain people, they'll start romancing each other. Yes. All of that stuff. Mm. Um, I've, I only saw it on YouTube because I'm always romancing Garrus, but he and Callie will start romancing each other. Mm. Um, apparently, if you're a dude chef and, you start, and you're romancing Tally, Garrus will hint that he's going to start trying to get with Liara. <laughs> I, I have not seen that. This is something that I've heard. I've not actually seen it either, but I've heard this stuff. Um, Dr. Michelle is sending him chocolates. Garrus is like... Like, the pimp of the ship, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much. I mean, I would imagine. Um, who else would be the pimp? I mean, uh, there's, I, no other, there's no one else that can fill that role. No one else can be quite the pimp that Garrus is. <laughs> now, now, what about Edie? Now, were you, were you shocked when, when Edie got a body? I knew that she was getting a body. I can't remember when I got spoiled on this, but I knew that she was getting a body. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't take Edie anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, except for the last the Cerberus except base. Except the thing where you have to take her, I was not that enthused about taking Edie places. Now, and that's as a squad mate. But what about what about like the on on the ship where you're actually talking to her, or on the Citadel where you're talking to her? It was always just kind of weird. Awkward. Um, yeah, like I didn't. I, I kind of missed her being just a little bubble on my ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did encourage her and Joker to get it on. To, to swap circuit boards or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the robot equivalent would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but otherwise, it was just kind of like, this is... <sighs> Every time I talk to you, I feel a little awkward. <laughs> it is It is pretty interesting, and I really, really like... Now, in my in my canon run, I, I do I do a broker piece between the Quarians and the Geth, but in, in, a, in another run, I, I don't, because um, in that run, Tally got exiled. Um, so I, I end up killing the Geth to save um, the Quarians. And she is pissed off. She's just like, man, so obviously us, us AIs, uh, you know, us, uh, we, don't, we don't matter to you, right, Shepard? Fine, fine. I don't even care anymore. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so she she actually gets very very angry, which I think is pretty. I mean, it adds depth to Edie as a character, as she's actually you know starting to have emotions of some sort. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, she obviously always has a sense of humor, which mm-hmm. is definitely. I think people you have to have emotions to have a sense of humor. Right. Uh, I don't think you can just be like blank face and and be able to make jokes. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I do like that for the most part. Um, in in the Mass Effect universe. They generally they do take it very seriously, AIs, because in reality, if there was a true AI, um, they're really not different, much different from from a an organic creature. I mean, it's just one's carbon based, one's silicon based. Um, mm. th- there's really not much difference, and I really like. Now, obviously, there are so like I think Ashley has something negative to say about uh, AIs, and obviously the Koreans are don't like AIs. And you can make if you go renegade, you can make Shepard being like AIs don't count as people or whatever. But for the most part, everybody else is, is pretty accepting of of Edie, even after they know that she's an AI. Everybody on your ship, at least, um, you kind of hide it from other people. That's true. Like when you take her to the Citadel, Joker doesn't tell people what mm-hmm. she is. Right. 
um, and you do try to kind of try to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, it's sort of like like when you have a gay friend and people even you you, you tell people that you have a gay friend, and they're okay with your gay friend, but maybe your your gay friend doesn't want everybody to know still because there's still hate for them. That's a fair point. It's a it's a, it's a fair point that that there there would be some backlash. I mean, I don't even obviously it's not really explored a whole lot about how much there would be because obviously the geth are are frowned upon and then once 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 everybody knows about the reapers and believes the reapers, uh, I mean I imagine AIs would be even more scary. Yeah, it's just when you know something, somebody personally, it's a lot easier to accept things that you might otherwise not have liked about them. Mm-hmm. So that's why everybody on the ships likes Edie, of course. Right. And I do really, really appreciate that they didn't go the evil robot route. Because, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> uh, I, I saw it coming in, in Mass Effect 2, and I'm like, and like, where Joker unshackles her, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh no! They're going to make Edie turn bad, grow, and then they didn't, which made me very happy. I was very, very pleased. I was like, "Damn it! This better not come back to bite everybody in the ass because that'll be stupid." Yeah, but no, it, it's good. And then I, I really like that she she has this um, strong drive to to you know help save her crew members, which I I very much appreciate. Um, but other than that. There, these are all people that you've you've played with before. These are all, um, you know, you, you obviously get the Caden slash Ashley um, pairing, which is pretty interesting. Uh, much like the the Morinth, uh Samara thing, where you have to where you have to get people's uh, different loyalty powers. Um, I, I wanted to get uh, Reeve, but I didn't have I didn't have Caden in any save, so I had to like create a whole save where Caden lived, um, and then and bring him back. I really do wish that they would put out a, a a comic, much like they did with with Mass Effect Two, where I wouldn't have to do a whole ME two run just to get a different outcome in ME three. Yeah, and maybe they will eventually. Uh, let's hope. Hopefully, with hopefully with better art than that other one. <laughs> yeah, it, well, yeah, it, it, well, it's not great, um, but I think they pay. I think they pay artists for comics like four dollars over there. <laughs> yes, poor Dark Horse. Um, so let's talk a little bit about about the, the game uh, did you well, the the big ones would obviously be the, the in the plot would be the 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 um, saving you know curing the genophage or not curing the genophage um, now obviously you you have Rex so you're not dealing with Reeve and you <laughs> saved Malin's data so Eve is alive so alive um, do you have do you, did you decide to to betray the Krogans and go with the Solarians, or did you save all of the Krogans? Oh, I saved. I, I cured the Genophage. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as that, that Solarian shows up, and the she starts, since that Dalatras shows up, I, like, hate her immediately. Yeah, she's really not a very nice uh, being. <laughs> really, really unlikable. And she starts talking about um, the the thing in the, what the hell is it called, the Shroud? Mm-hmm. The sabotage they have in there, and she's like, "Well, Morden will see it, so he'll fix it. So you have to take care of Morden." And as soon as she said that, Sarah and I turned to each other. We're like, "Nope." Yeah. No, I, I know what "take care of" means, and that will not be happening. I did a I did a, a renegade run, um, and ki- I had to reload the point where I had to kill Morden. I had to do it three. I couldn't get myself to to pull the the renegade interrupt to kill Morden. It was so hard to do because Morden is such a likable character. He's really likable, and I actually I really like the renegade scene more, except for when you actually have to shoot him. Like I love where he turns and yells, "I made a mistake." It's, mm-hmm. I think it's so well done right there. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I'll never do that renegade scene. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love that scene more. I, I also want to do a, a version where where you've killed Rex and you didn't save Malin's data, and you can actually, you can basically not cure the genophage, but you also keep Morden alive. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of interested in doing that to see uh, what it's like, what the scene plays out like, because obviously you just get, you know, so you get, you know, Morden as a, as a, you're in your EMS score. Um, but I would like to see where he's like, well, I guess this is the best option because obviously he's very logical. And Reeve is not a good. Oh, Reeve is awful. He's terrible. You can also do that with um, with the other slur, with Paddock Wicks. Paddock Wicks. Paddock Wicks. And he, uh, there's, I kind of don't want to have a playthrough without Morden because I'm so attached to Morden. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff I've seen with Paddock on your ship is so funny mm-hmm. that I, I'm like tempted to. Yeah. But it's it's difficult to try to do it. <laughs> it, it is it's so hard um, because to to do anything where Morn is not there because he's such a a great addition to. It. I mean, really, I would think the the thing that I would miss the most about Me One is having no Morden there yet. Yeah, he's such a, such a great character, and he adds so much to the. I mean, there's so interesting things like uh, the scale itch, and oh man, it just I really really like Morden a lot as a character. And I couldn't imagine actually killing him in my uh, in my main run. Um, so, so you you cure the genophage. Do you, with the with the Geth and the Quarians, Do you do you broker peace? Yep, I got peace. Yeah, my um, the first time I did it, I I wasn't able to um, <clears throat> broker peace. I guess I had missed one of the missions. I I, I had missed the part where you um, go into a Geth collective um and do that mission i didn't do that so i didn't have enough points to whatever the the point scale is to to persuade the quarians to stop you need to do like there's it's i actually have seen what the system is because it's like tally has to be an admiral legion has to be alive you have to save chorus admiral chorus and you have to Hmm. do the 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 geth collective um mission with with um legion Um, um and then there's something else, I think. One other thing. I'm trying to remember now. Tally has to be. You have to get Tally's loyalty in the first mission. Right. The, like like five of the points come from Mass Effect too. Yeah. Um. You have to. Uh, oh, to destroy, you have to destroy the 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 Geth, the the uh, heretics. Yeah, destroy the heretics instead <laughs> of instead of rewriting them, <laughs> yeah, which I, I've always rewritten them. Mm-hmm. Um. And you can get you have to get five of the seven points, and if you don't get five of the seven, then you can't do it at all. Yeah. And five of them come from Mass Effect too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in my first one, uh, I couldn't I couldn't pull it off. Um, but the my my second go through, I, I redid it and I was able to pull it off. But so I actually I, I was actually I was sympathizing with the Geth because the Quarians really are the bad guys here. Um, they're 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 not acting in good faith. They're 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 being destructive for no good reason. For only yeah. like a, a like a philosophical reason, not not like a, a, a practical. Hey, we're at a, we're you know going to get destroyed by the Reapers. Knock it off, reason. Um, <laughs> so I I sided with the Geth, and then when Tally died, whoo! Oh jeez! I was like, wow! Uh, I have to go reload this save right now. <laughs> I was so mad at the Quarians though at the start of that when they come in. They're like, well, yeah, we went and declared war. I wanted a renegade interrupt where I would just run around the room and slap every single Quarian. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I did uh, punch that that Quarian in the in the stomach though. <laughs> yes, 
Um, I don't know how you could not because he's like, yeah, I don't care that Shepard and Tally are are in the are in the the um, uh, the Geth ship. Uh, let's try to blow it up anyway. Let's blow it up. I don't care. Yeah. No. I. I I, I that was what I I did three renegade interrupts in my in my canon playthrough. One was punching that quarian right in the stomach. One was uh, renegade interrupting um, uh, what's his nose ninja boy, uh, and then uh, uh, what's his what's his name Kai Lang. Yeah, Kai Lang. Uh, and then the the last one is renegade interrupting um, uh, the elusive man at the end. Yep. Oh no! I also I, I also killed Udina. I forgot that. I did also did the one uh, at the bar with James. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're, you have to do the salute or chant or whatever. Yeah, I did that one. I was like, I ain't gonna let these Marines make me look dumb at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my turf. <laughs> no way, no way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I I'm assuming that you're not a fan of of Kai Lang as most people aren't. I said I don't know who is. <laughs> uh, he, he. I mean, I I've read all of the novels and. He's he's not great in the novels. He's not a good character, but he's not nearly as obnoxious as he is in the game. He's really, really obnoxious in the game. He's just kind of boring in in the novels. The part where you're at the uh, elusive man's base and he just yells, "Shut up!" Yes. Also, I I I really it so bothersome that he's constantly taunting you, even though even if you're completely obliterating him in game. And you're just destroying his shields, and he has to constantly like have helicopters come in and give him cover fire. He's still taunting you, still being a dick. Yeah, yeah. it's oof. screw you, buddy. Yeah, um, and then do you do you go through and and try to get as much of the the EMS score as you as you can or are you, do you not care at this point and you just try to you just basically just go through the game as fast as you can uh well, I'm only on personally my second playthrough which mm-hmm. is the one I'm blogging and so it's taking forever mm-hmm. because I have to take notes the whole time I do it right. <laughs> so I'm like stopping and doing this stopping and doing that uh, but I'm usually pretty thorough still mm-hmm. um cuz a lot of the EMS like the random ones that you don't really need to get. Because a lot of it you get from doing the actual missions, like mm-hmm. saving this person, saving that person. And if it involves shooting stuff, oh, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Um, those are fun. I like like going to shoot things. Stuff that's just scanning planets, um, I'll usually end up doing because uh, I'm, I'll just go do them, and I like being thorough. I actually and, think the scanning is more obnoxious in 3 than it is in 2 because you have to deal with the Reapers all the time. Yeah, a little. I almost kind of preferred the one and two. Um, I do kind of find it funny to just go into... I'll go into the systems where I already have everything and just hit the ping thing until the Reapers are mad and then leave. <laughs> do you like, like watch Reapers? This. Bing, 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 bing. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I have never actually been caught by the Reapers. Um, I guess you get a game over. It just puts you back back in the system. Oh. And then the stuff that you'd found in there is not found. <laughs> Like the stuff that you had just found, um, which is a good way to go in there, scan, 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 scan until you find everything. Let the Reapers get you um, and then go and you know exactly where the two things or three things or whatever are. Mm-hmm. Scan, scan, get them and then leave. Right. <laughs> so like, um, there's way. There's so many ways to game this system. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, romance, how do you feel that the Garrus romance, um, how do you like the way it ended? Is it is it what you hoped for, or, or did it leave you wanting more? 
uh, the Garrus romance was so great in Mass Effect 3. I think it went really well. That's um, good. He dips you. He dips you up there on the Citadel, and it's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that as soon as he shows up, there's like, you meet him on Palavin, and there's just sort of this, he doesn't know for sure if you're still like dating you know he's like i don't know i don't know what she wants um and then you get back on the ship and you can go immediately down there and confirm and then he gives you wine which is awesome (laughs) but is it like the turian wine you might you might like you know have like a severe diarrhea (laughs) that was always my question in the first game when he's like i brought wine and i kind of go is that for me or for you though i I was under the impression we couldn't drink the same wine like, are you just bringing me a whole bottle of wine to drink myself before we have sex? Because that seems awkward. <laughs> Get drunk, Shepard. Here, Shepard. <laughs> brought you your favorite thing. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, true. Um, so, I guess I I I, I like the romance um, with Liara. Um, I, the The big problem is that if you if you're flirty, and I'm certainly flirty in Bioware games, I, I flirt with as many people as I can, and then I'll eventually lock down into into one romance. Um, but if you flirt too much in this game, People or really much at all, um, you're locked in and you're you're screwed, buddy. People get mad. Um, I my playthrough, I had an old Liara romance and a Garrus romance, and I was really worried. I was like, I don't want Liara to get the wrong idea, and so I, as soon as I had the opportunity to tell her no, I told her no. Um, in Sarah's game, the first game I actually watched because I went there and played it with her first, she had a romance Caden, and it felt like you had to constantly be telling Caden, no, buddy, no. Caden, no. Hey, no. I said no already. And no he's means like, no, Caden. And he's still like, but, but Shepard, let me tell you my feelings. And you're like, God fucking damn it, I'm leaving. Yes. Um, you. There is a lot of... There is a lot of reassuring Liara. If, you, if you're trying to romance her and you romanced her before, there's a lot of, I don't know, are you sure? And the same thing with Tally. Tally <laughs> is, is like, there's like, I don't know. I mean, uh, Shepard, Hem, and Hall. And you're like, yes, I'm interested. Damn. <laughs> um, also, I, I obviously, I, I play as a femship, but, and I, I, you know, as soon as, as it is made clear that trainer is a lesbian i was like well i'm gonna flirt with her until i can get it on with liara um and then liara's like fuck you shepherd how dare you <laughs> apparently if you shower with trainer liara gets mad <laughs> she gets really really angry at you um, yeah i actually wrote a really big thing about why you shouldn't shower with with trainer unless you're going to romance her you shouldn't even let her use the shower unless you're going to romance her yeah she gets really she seems really disappointed i did I did let her shower in my in my corrected run where where I was faithful to uh, to Liara. She gets very almost it's almost depressing to let her shower and not go and in not, with her. So your chef femship's kind of sitting there with like this leery look on her face, like, "How's the shower? I'm just gonna sit here." Yes. It always feels very awkward to me. I don't even let her use my shower. I'm like, "You came up to play chess, and we're gonna play chess." Yeah. Your is, showers are fine. It is surprising when I did a, a, a dude chef run, she doesn't even ask about the shower. It's not even a thing. She just let she just plays chess. She just wants to come up and play chess. Yeah, there's no shower talk at all. <laughs> dude chef must not keep his shower very clean. No, it's it's disgusting. There's there's grime, there's grout everywhere. <laughs> um so <laughs> the ending is very, very controversial among Mass Effect players. Um what what Number one, which of the three endings did you pick? And number two, how did you feel about it? 
Um, first yeah, the, time the first time that before before the DLC came out. First time I did synthesis. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seemed like the one that made the most the, the the one that was most rainbows for everybody. Well, right, and that was the, that's the one that that the the space the Star Child really is pressuring you to go with. Yeah, and um, control seemed like a bad idea. Yeah, it seems really really bad. <laughs> I was sort of like, uh, I don't know. Um, destroy, I was sort of like, you know, I didn't spend all this time making peace between AIs and, and synthetics to just go destroy one or the other then. I didn't uh, to be like, AIs and organics can get along. And then, never mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set one on fire. So I, I did synthesis. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't really even think about it after I did it. I was like, well, that's done. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know there was a lot of people mad and stuff, and I was just sort of, I just sort of shut it off. I didn't want to even, like, there was too much stuff right before the end game, mm-hmm. um, the where you go say goodbye to all of your crew. Yeah, that I was so depressed from that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just didn't even want to think about anything that happened after it. Yeah. It, 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 uh, I guess I, I have a lot of a lot of uh, emotions about it. Is that. I really, really loved Mass Effect Three. I thought it was so well done, um, and I was I was disappointed with the ending. And I thought it was not very good. I was not in in the crowd that was you know lynching Bioware um, for releasing no, a game. Not. Um, but I I wasn't happy. I wasn't I wasn't pleased. And and I'm not. I'm certainly not one of the people that are like it has to be puppies and rainbows. <laughs> but I like. I was I went in expecting like and then Shepard will you know sacrifice herself for the good of the galaxy, and uh, and then you know all we've worked for will be worth it and everything will be good but you know it'll be bittersweet. I was I was I was looking for a bittersweet ending. Definitely, I definitely expected to die. Um, but no. Um, so my my biggest problem is that it's it's out of left field. Um. Mm-hmm. There's this whole other aspect to the story that has never been alluded to before, never been mentioned before. All of a sudden, the 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 Star Child, the Catalyst, comes down and uh, and and tells you how it really is. Um, it is much better when I when I read it as uh, it's just it's kind of like a rogue AI where it thinks this is the way it is, um, this is the way reality has to be, but it's not. When you read it without like kind of the god complex aspect of it, I feel like it 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 plays much better. Mm-hmm. I the first time I did it, I listening to that kid talk to me, I felt like like my shepherd. I felt drunk. Yeah, I was like, "What's going on? What's what?" <laughs> and then it felt like I was suddenly on. Let's make a deal. And they had three doors, and one had a donkey. <laughs> yes. Uh, oof. It, it it was not it was not great, and I really felt. Um, depressed. I but my first time I went through, I, I chose synthesis as well, and I was just like, "What? Everything?" <laughs> I was I was very upset because it seems like the well. Let me put it this way: the reason why I love Mass Effect so much is because of the characters, and basically, it's in the original in the original ending. It seems to me like they were saying. We don't really care about the characters. All the things that you've done with the characters, all the personal interactions you've you've had, are are all for naught. They're for no reason. No, no, you don't get any resolution. They're all. In fact, you don't know if any who's dead. Some of your, yeah. some of the characters might be dead. You don't even know. 
that was quite, you know, it, it, not disturbing. It was just bothersome. It was irritating that... It was just, yeah, it was just bothersome. It was just, uh, who who lived? Yeah, that that would be nice to know. What happened? Also, are they, uh, when they first came out, are they stranded there? Like, will they ever, be, <laughs> will it be fixed? Like, is the Normandy dead forever? Like, are they... Basically, you have to repopulate that planet, and then the the post credits thing doesn't help it at all because yeah. they also are in an environment that has like two moons, and so you're like, well, obviously they're not on Earth. So is this repopulated from the Normandy, or what's going on? Did Joker and Jovic repopulate that planet? Because <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very unfortunate, and then also they didn't explain in the original in the original uh, ending. They didn't explain how the people that you brought with you at the end got back on the Normandy. So your mm-hmm. lo- if you brought your love interest down with you to London, they would be- they would pop out of the Normandy. They're like, how did they get there? <laughs> they like I thought they died at London. I thought you were dead. I had I had mourned you already. Yes, it's very very strange, um, and and. Not, I mean, obviously, it's like, hey, they're Bioware and it's their game, and they can make it however they want. But that doesn't mean I have, to, I had to be happy about it. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not going to sit here and go, I don't understand anything that just happened. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it it seemed too much to me that they were trying to go uh, deep and they kind of like blow your mind, and they went way, way too far out of left field. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, many people were disappointed. Um, and and I could have been okay with it if if they had never released the DLC, I would have had you know a bit of headcanon uh, about you know like what really happened at the end, and I would have been able to get over it. I have to say though, the first like day after I I finished it, I was kind of in this state of shock where it's like, did that re- did is that really the ending? Is there's not like another part that is like okay here's re- here's That's, the real ending? I like, are wow. there more credits I need to watch for another end scene? <laughs> but I, I but you know um, so uh, just just yesterday uh, as we're recording this we're recording this on uh, June twenty seventh uh, two thousand twelve and just yesterday was the uh, extended cut DLC was released for free uh, on all three platforms and uh, I, I assume you've played it. Yes. So what did you uh, what did you think? I think it fixed a lot of the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Kid is still there, yeah. but there uh, was a lot of lot more explanation to things, mm-hmm. and uh, there is more stuff with fucking Garrus that made me cry again. And that's the only time in the game when I would cry. I didn't cry when Morden died. I didn't cry when Thane died. But mm-hmm. every time Garrus would say something to me about meeting at a bar in heaven or, oh, Shepard, I was just tears every time. Yeah. And I hate him for it. But I would uh, say I think- the biggest emotional impact for me was really the Geth versus Quarian impact, where it just like, especially before I was able to broker peace, where I basically had to choose, hey, which sentient race do I commit genocide on? Um, <laughs> I I actually like I went to bed thinking about that and I woke up thinking about that. <laughs> that was a big thing. It's hard if you have to pick one. It's hard to pick. Yeah, um, I was so glad when it was like you got peace, and I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, I mean that does feel like kind of a cop out. I kind I I almost wish for a, from now. Obviously, from a metagaming aspect, I'm happy that I can broker peace. But kind of from a storytelling standpoint, I think it would have been stronger if you had to choose between the two. There was yeah, no absolutely. way out. Like like with Caden and Ashley. Yeah. Yeah, that Caden and Ashley part is really like, ah. Uh... 
Yeah. Except that then you don't like either of them, so you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> if it was more like you have to pick between Garrus or Tally, that would be more interesting. <laughs> Oof. Oh. Why would you even say that? God. <laughs> yeah, it would, be, it would be sad, I mean, to have one, one of them go. Um, but uh, the, now, did you stick with, with Synthesis? I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I lo- talking to the kid, I started laughing really hard at certain parts because one of the very first dialogue options I saw that was new was a, a option to the left that just said, I want details. <laughs> Give me more information, Bioware. I started laughing just so hard. And I was like, yes, yes, details. And then the next one, he says more, and then it said, I don't understand. And I was <laughs> So this is exactly what's what the problem was. I don't understand. I want details. Yes. It's like, hey, hey uh, Jessica Murison, what was the biggest response you got on Twitter? I want details. I don't understand. I don't understand. We'll just put this right in the game. There we go. Perfect. Yes. Um, so the, I would say the, the the first part that you really that, I, that at least I noticed in, in that that changed the DLC was on on the big run to the beam to to get up to to the citadel. Uh, um, they explain how your comrades get escorted to the Normandy, mm-hmm. um, which I think solves a lot of the problem that I had with it, which was like, how did they get there? Did they just <laughs> teleport? And they said everybody died down there. I was so convinced. Um, yeah, which I was glad they showed them getting on the Normandy, but then there was also this part of me that's going, why is how come the thing isn't just shooting the Normandy now? Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a long time to say goodbye. Get on the ship. Get on the ship. Yeah. No hurry. Um, but I'm glad that they at least tried to fix but, that yeah, there. Yeah, I'm glad it was at least something there where they, they showed them leaving. Mm-hmm. If they had just left it, I still would have been upset. So yeah. at least it was there. Yeah. Now this time I went with destroy um, because if I can have Shepard live uh, and I I have, you know, like over 7,000 EMS – uh, then I want Shepard to live because, you know, Shepard's pretty cool. And mm-hmm. uh, so I went with Destroy. What's good, what's really, really good about about the uh, the uh, DLC is that they really clarify the Destroy. Now, before, it was like, well, you're just going to destroy all synthetic things. So, oh, well, all things that are synthetic, your, 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 uh, your uh, drives that, are, that allow you to travel at the faster than the speed of light, well, they're gone. Uh... All the uh, all technology, it's gone now. <laughs> Your uh, coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, so that was what it was before, and I was like, "Well, Jesus, that doesn't sound very good." But this time, they're like, "Oh, well, you know, it'll break it, but you can fix it. It'll be fine." And I'm like, "Well, obviously, that's that sounds like the best ending to me." And then, so the Star Child says that, and then also Hackett um, at the end when they do that, this you know whatever the the montage at the end. Hackett says that it'll you know it'll take some work, but they can rebuild everything, which also leads leads me to think that perhaps the Geth and Edie can be um, resurrected, which would make that one a, a great choice. I agree, um, and I know a lot of people switched from doing other ones to doing Destroy Two because they really want Shepard to live. I still stuck with Synthesis, mm-hmm. um, and I've decided that I really like it because it creates the most ridiculous world for everybody else to have to live in now. Um, which is, I don't know if you saw, if you did synthesis at all. I didn't do it in, in, the, in, the, in the DLC, but I did do it originally. I don't know if you've seen uh, any YouTubes of the new synthesis ending. Um, there's a point where the green energy or whatever is going out and changing everything. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a husk that's on a dude and like fighting him and the green energy hits this dude in his husk and he throws the husk off and the husk gets like this look on his face of, of oh my god, I'm, I'm a person now. And it's, he looks over at the lion soldier with this big goofy husk grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband was playing with me and he looks at me and he goes, Franz? We'd be friends now, and I could not stop laughing. I go, this is this is yeah, this is what I want. Is is now everybody has to live next door to a husk and a banshee family, and they ride brutes to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that is bizarre. Also, I remember reading on the Penny Arcade forum. I don't remember who said it, but it made me laugh hysterically right after the the uh, people started hitting the ending originally, and it was that you know somewhere else in the galaxy there's going to be a a non space flight. Uh, species and they'll just wake up someday and for no apparent reason they will be part robot <laughs> like it's just like you're, you're, you're what you're happened wrong. and you're like well, hold on why why i'm part i'm part artificial intelligence now what is going on um which i find hilarious so uh someone suggested that if everybody is part my shepherd they're all a little bit drunk now too yeah that's a good point that... which i was like party town party galaxy yes um yeah, and then I, I, I've seen a lot of people take destroy it, and a lot of people take synthesis. I don't think anybody takes control. I know, I know hardly anybody that takes control. Apparently, what happens is you like Shepard becomes the Reapers. Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> Which is really weird. Um, but we've started making lots of jokes about that now too. Um, there was this fanfic I stumbled upon a few days ago, which I just saw the title, and I saw the title. I was like, oh, I'm not even looking at that. The title was "I Died So I Could Haunt You." <laughs> Because I, oh man, I started laughing so hard. I think it was supposed to be romantic, but that does not sound like a romantic thing to do. It yeah. sounds like something you do to somebody you hate. Yeah. Like, I died so that I could throw your corning dishware on the floor every night when you try to sleep. Mm. Um, but then when the star child is explaining uh, this control to Shepard, and he's like, your, your thoughts and your memories and stuff will just be in the Reapers, and then you'll be them, and you'll still be around. And I turned to Ben, and I yelled, I died so I could haunt you. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. You're going to die so you can haunt everybody. Yeah. Oof. You're going to be the Reapers, and then you can try to sneak into Turian bathrooms. <laughs> Look at them doing their business. <laughs> Don't mind me, guys. Yeah. Man, so, um... Shepard is still, you know, seen alive. If you have enough EMS score, which I guess they've they've actually adjusted the amount that you need, so it's 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 less difficult to get the quote unquote good ending. Yeah. Um. But you, what is really nice, you get to see the crew reunited, and then if you're at the destroy and you have enough uh, EMS, you actually see them. You see Liara. I guess I don't, I assume it's always Liara, but it could just be your love interest. It's your uh, love interest. Okay. Um. She, uh, try you know they go up to put the the plaque on the on the memorial wall and then they just they hesitate and they don't. Um, yeah. One, they w- one would assume to go off to look for Shepard. They rub it caressingly instead. Yeah. Um, I believe. Let me see. Um, Patrick tried to explain it to me. He said they use space magic to tell that you're alive. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. It was really stupid. Um, but it is nice that you have like the potential to you know ha- basically have the ending that the the you know the the um, the the Krogan's baked you a cake ending. 
Um, which is really, and they said like, no, we're not really changing it. Well, okay, they didn't technically change it. Where yes, it's still the destroy synthesis or control, but really they implied pretty heavily that like shit would be broken irrevocably. And yeah. they're like, nah, just kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, if they stop to caress it meaningfully, they magically feel you being alive. Yeah. Um. So that the, the crew seeing the crew reunited was pretty cool. Um. The post the post credit scene, uh, you know, with with uh, Buzz Aldrin uh, talking in a stilted manner was still ah. there, not changed. It's not there if you do the fail ending. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of fail ending, there is a new bad ending. That is that they said they weren't they weren't going to add an ending, but they actually did. There's now a fourth ending, and it is to completely reject um, the Star Child and say, "I'm not going to make a decision." Shine that noise. I did it. I did it accidentally on at first. <laughs> I did it. I um I start walking to the things and husband watched me play and he goes, Turn around and shoot the kid. And I go, ha ha, yeah, turn around, bang. The kid goes, so be it. And it's like everything gets destroyed. Yeah, bad times. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that did do something now. Whoops. Whoopsies. <laughs> then I had to go through all of the uh all the elusive band conversation again and all of that yeah. which during that conversation i sit there and do a yappy motion with my hand the whole time <laughs> yeah bubby bubby come on wrap blah, it up blah, blah. i get it you want to control things <laughs> do you don't do you persuade him to uh off himself uh the playthrough that i have that's all the way there right now i missed one of the ones where you have to persuade him earlier somewhere and i'm not sure where but I don't. I don't get the option to. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it does. The the first time I played through, I you know I fully expected. But I, what was strange is that I couldn't. I I didn't know that you had to pr- persuade him every time. But then yeah. and I'm like, what the hell? I have a full meter, which is also nice. In Mass Effect Three, they changed the way, so it's basically a reputation bar. So at any point, as long as you have enough reputation, you can do either the Paragon or Renegade, which I love. Yeah, I love that too. I was always annoyed that I couldn't do everything in Mass Effect 2, which we would fix by taking a thumb drive and putting it in the save editor on a laptop mm-hmm. and then just giving ourselves as many Renegade and Paragon points as we wanted. Right. <laughs> and so then you put it back in, you can do whatever you want. You can also give yourself as many credits and minerals as you want that way. Yeah, that would make things a lot faster. <laughs> I basically, I played the game on casual and then I cheat too still. <laughs> um and then also, um, I, I guess it is the, the when when you do reject uh, or if you reject the Star Child, uh, you basically get a scene that's Liara talking to um, the next cycle uh, after the Reapers annihilate uh, all sentient beings of this cycle, and um, yeah, yeah, you which get is the obviously beacon. depressing. People got pissy about that, but I really think it's just kind of it's much like Morinth. I feel like it's kind of just. A neat Easter egg. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't understand what. Like, I. I don't understand how people can get angry at it because it's just another neat thing that can happen. It's not like they're forcing you to do it. Yeah. What did you? Don't shoot the kid. Then pick something. Yeah. Um. And I guess you can also do it via dialogue. Yeah, you can say I reject these choices. Yeah. Um. I find it more satisfying to shoot the kid if you're going to do that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it. Well, it certainly is more. It's more viscerally exciting. Yeah. So now to get to your favorite part, and that's that's the multiplayer. Um, mm-hmm. So 
many <laughs> coming up when they announced multiplayer, the people who love single player were obviously very worried. Um, they're like, "Oh no, multiplayer! They're gonna it's gonna be tacked on and bad." But turns out, I mean, when they when they launched the multiplayer demo, uh, it wasn't bad. It was actually quite fun. It's amazing. Um, I didn't think it was gonna be bad at all. Is the thing? Yeah. I was really excited when they announced it because I love playing Mass Effect. I love mm-hmm. playing the the fighting parts of it. I love the shooting. Mm-hmm. And I had friends that played it, and I was like, I wish there was some way we could play together. I wish you could jump in my game and be Garrus for me for a mission. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I. Well, you know, it. it the, obviously, the strongest part for me is is the characters in the story of Mass Effect. So I was I was not you know ha- hating, but I was at least skeptical. When they announce multiplayer, but I think what really does it for me is that they have this this kind of um, metafiction element where it's like you have, or it's like transmedia element, I guess, uh, where they have you know every, every 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 other week they have a like a mission for you to have, yep. and then they also and you get posts from from Admiral Hackett on the blog. <laughs> it's pretty. I think that's that makes multiplayer more interesting. Yeah, it's really fun. I love doing the missions with people. Um, operations, operation also, weekends. Also, um, the last, the last one, as we're recording this, the last one was you had to play to to get. Uh, you had to be um, picked up. You had to have an evacuation. Uh, but you, the party could only contain uh, Krogan, Batarians, or Vorcha. I spent so much of the weekend kicking people out who were playing Solarians <laughs> and Quarians. We just got a group together, uh, all my friends on Twitter playing, so we'll just get a group together. And we were playing, and then whenever somebody would show up who hadn't done it yet, mm-hmm. we would all switch. Right. Um, and the problem is I always I don't really play those races at all. Mm-hmm. And so they'd show up, and I'd be like, okay, well, let me go get my Krogan Sentinel out. And I'm not very good at this Krogan Sentinel. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I would be fumbling around like, what what powers, what do, what, I don't know. I'd throw these lift grenades that I don't think are very, I'm not very good at them. I'm, I'd use my tech armor and be like, I really don't know what I'm doing with tech armor. And I would complain the whole time and apologize to them because I would feel like I was holding the team down. Right. The round would get over and I would have the most points every time. Yeah, you you, you get that with Krogan. They're, they're just beasts. And then I would feel really bad for apologizing. They'd be all mad at me. They'd go, what the hell, Jordan? I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know what I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that, although I do have to say, I, as as an adept, I, I generally don't play as as Batarian, Krogan, or or uh, Vorcha, but I don't actually I don't even have a Vorcha, but I do have Krogan and, and uh, Batarians. Um, I I you I almost exclusively play as a as a human um, adept, uh, or alternately a human uh, infiltrator. Although I do really like the um, the Cerberus uh, adept, that it, it just so much damage. Um, so it was nice to to be almost forced to play uh, as a different race uh, and build because I, I actually got some uh, experience playing it, and I actually turned out I I like Sentinels. I actually like them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I I mean I think if I played this Krogan Sentinel a lot, I could get really good at it, but I. He walks so slow, and I feel so awkward doing it that I, I don't know how much I'll actually end up playing him then. But I did fairly well, I guess. I don't know how. <laughs> so obviously, you like to play infiltrator. What 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 race do you do you try to stick to, or do you or do you play all of them? I I play human infiltrator and um, Solarian infiltrator. Mm-hmm. I actually in multiplayer I play Drell Adept like all the time. <laughs> really? Yep. Now what what makes you go Drell over a Sari or human? Um, cluster grenades. 
Oh, cluster grenades. Yeah, they cluster. are pretty useful. I mean, out of all the grenades that that are available, I think cluster grenades are the best. They're the best grenades. I actually will yell at other people when we play. They'll pick characters, and if they characters you use grenades, I will insist that they change so that they don't take my grenades from me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, no, you're not playing that. You use grenades. Switch to something else. Yeah, I, I whenever I whenever I spec out my builds, I almost never pick grenades. Um, uh, I go oh. with the I go with whatever other spec I can get besides grenades. Oh, that drill add up if Reeve spec for area and then cluster grenade spec for area, I will get kill streaks with it when people spawn in groups. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I. But it is it's tough because the human the human versions. Are are mainly using setups that you're familiar with from playing at Shepherd. Mm-hmm. So you you at least I do. I, I tend to uh, to you know go towards the humans. But it is nice to play uh, get some variety and going with the different races. Um, it's particularly interesting with uh, with the Batarians. Um, I played it once and I'm like this is too slow. I don't like. It. And I went back and played it again this past weekend. And I think that I actually really like playing as a Batarian Sentinel. It's a pretty fun class to play. Yeah, they have, are those the ones with the blades? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The blade armor. I, I hear a lot of good stuff about the blade armor. Yeah. Um, but I'm not very good at playing a Batarian. I tried it once and I was really... Well, I, <laughs> what we will do is get Batarians out and then go on the moon and get our harpoon guns <laughs> and be whalers on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I really... I, do, I did like that. Um, but uh, I, I am curious, the, the loot system, how do you feel about that? I never, I hardly get anything good. I swear to God. Um, I play Infiltrator a lot, and it took me months to get a Widow. <laughs> yeah, it, it is tough because I get, I, under no circumstance do I ever spec with a shotgun. Uh, because I'm just so, I'm not very good at aiming. And at least, at least with a sniper rifle, and especially with Infiltrator, you can cloak and get behind cover and then line up your shot. With mm-hmm. a shotgun, you have to get up really close. And then have good aim. Uh, I suck at aiming on a 360 controller, so I never use shotguns. I almost always use SMGs or uh, sniper rifle combos. And I really, really uh, get too, way too many shotguns. I, get, I, I probably have all the shotguns in the game. Yeah, I get all the SMGs, and I never use SMGs. But it's like, here's another SMG, and I just go, oh, it's not what I know. It's not what I want. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's... Very annoying. And then also, I would really like to play as a Vorcha. I'd like to see what the Vorchas are like. Or, hey, I, you know what? I still don't have either Asari Adept. And I play as Adept all the time. And I cannot play as either the vanilla one or the Asari Justicar. Cannot play them because no matter how many stupid premium Spectre packs I, I, I uh, get, I still can't get them. I didn't get um, Geth until the new DLC came out that I the one after the Geth came out. Right. And so we, we were sort of assuming that I would always just be one DLC behind then, that I would get not get Vorcha until the next DLC came out. But I did finally get a Vorcha Sentinel, um, and we named him Busta Fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I haven't, I've only played him a little bit. I've watched other people play Vorcha, and mm-hmm. it's really funny because they make, like, snarling noises the whole time they run around. Mm-hmm. They also, <laughs> like, uh, it, it, they almost, they spasm, or, like, they... they... <laughs> It is a bizarre, bizarre animation that they do when they're, I guess they're, they're 
do something, they kill something or something, but it causes them to like spasm back and like they like rear back on on their legs and uh, throw their arms in the air. It's very strange. <laughs> when you res them, they yell, "I'm alive!" Like all <laughs> awkward. It's so funny to watch other people play them. I just laughed so hard at them. Yeah, I love it when my friends play Vorcha because it's it's ridiculous. They're ridiculous characters. Yeah. Um, so, do you do you actually put any real life money in, into the into the spectrum? <laughs> no, no, I've never put real life money into it. Um, I did. I when it first launched, I wanted to see what the process was like. So I did put in. I put in. I think something like five bucks or whatever, and I, and I tried it out. And then I there's also I, I get. Uh, I use Bing as my search engine, and then basically I just use Bing and search things. And then every like month or two, it's like, hey, you have enough points that you can get some Microsoft points. And basically, it just gives you four hundred points every month or two. So, yeah, I've heard about that. So I do, and I get you know four hundred Microsoft points, and then I basically don't have anything to buy buy in the Microsoft store. So I just put that towards Spectre packs or premium Spectre packs. Um, but no, I gen- I generally don't go around spending real life money for <laughs> video game packs especially since it's just like what 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 am i gonna get it slightly faster than like the, the fun part is playing the game i'm not in it for the slot machine aspect of it yeah i'm really not either i if there was one point where i was just not even spending the credits i was getting because i was just playing the game and i didn't care what i had gotten packs i had stuff that i liked already and mm-hmm. who cares right. the most interesting thing to me is trying out the different races and in, in classes uh-huh I, uh, that's what I really. I really wish that I could just spend. I could get packs that were just for classes or just for races or whatever. Um, yeah. Because I, man, do I not care about guns? <laughs> I do uh, not care. I mean, I have for like my, my adept. I have I have the locust, and I and then I'm fine. I don't really need any more guns. I'm good for guns. No more guns, please. I got the gun I want, and I'm. That's all I need. Exactly. Yeah. I mostly play to to play with my friends mm-hmm. and to do stupid things. Yeah. But you know what? They, they've released two free DLC packs for multiplayer, and then obviously this this pe- the the uh, ending DLC was free. I kind of want to reward Bioware for being so good to the community. I kind of want to just be like, here's ten bucks or whatever uh, in in Spectre Pack DLC because I I, I I really appreciate it. I think it's it's great that they're willing to put all these resources in keeping the game alive. Yeah, uh, and if they do paid DLC for single player, I'll buy it. And if I don't know how well paid DLC for multiplayer will work because I know like if people don't have the same version they can't play together. Right. And I would hate for like my group of friends to end up divided like that. Mm-hmm. I would hate to be like, well so and so wants to play but they don't have this version or and so we'll we'll have to go three man stuff or whatever. I I would hate that. Um but I would I would definitely buy other stuff from them and I will definitely buy more stuff from Bioware in the future. Um we could send them cupcakes uh, in three colors. I heard that's really popular. Certainly. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine, but um well, I if I don't know, if I was Bioware, um I probably wouldn't eat things that the fans send me. <laughs> Cuz they're pretty despicable some of those people. <laughs> some of those people. Um, so, but the, they now, can trust me, though. Of course. Well, I mean, if you send it and you say like this is from Jordan, they'll obviously know that they'll they can know, eat it. and it also probably has rum in it. Or yeah, rum or rum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, DLC. Obviously, they they have announced that they plan on doing more DLC. But do you think that do you think that we'll see something like? Lair of the Shadow Broker, you know, like maybe one or two of those, or do you think that we'll mainly see kind of the smaller stuff, the like more more small scale DLC? I would prefer something more like Lair of the Shadow Broker. 
Um, that's definitely what I want is uh, something big that adds a good chunk of it. I'm really, really hoping that we'll get a Lair of the Shadow Broker style DLC that is Arya taking back Omega. I would love to go uh, fight shit with Arya. And I would love to go back to Omega because I am upset that there was only one bar in this game I could drink at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't even get the bar in, in, in the I couldn't Normandy. even drink on my ship. What the hell? Yeah, that's very, it's very offensive. That is not cool at all. Uh, uh, maybe some Jordan Knowles E-Crimes DLC. You can go solve E-Crimes with me. Yeah, well, I think that, that is, uh, that's a clear moneymaker right there. <laughs> that's right there. All the fans love me. Um, those would be my, my two favorite things. Um, Please, no gun DLC. I really don't want... <laughs> no guns. I don't care. Or, oh, it's an outfit pack. <laughs> More outfits. We have all of those, though, on Mass Effect 2. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it it is <laughs> uh, certainly if if we're going to be putting resources towards DLC, I would much prefer it be sto- story based than gun based. Yeah, yeah. Although uh, I did like getting the um, the outfits in DLC where you could put um, armor on Garrus that wasn't broken. <laughs> yes, shattered in, into pieces. <laughs> Garrus, I bought you this. Okay, it's not it's not destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Please use it. Yes, or or maybe put Miranda in something that's not basically a, a nude suit. <laughs> or I put a, a jacket on Jack. Yes. Oh, yes. That that's a, also a big big thing. Um, so, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about about uh, before uh, about Mass Effect before we wrap up? Um, I was going to talk about playing with the Connect. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Which is lots of fun. If you have a Connect, definitely use it to play Mass Effect. Um, do you know this is a you don't necessarily have to use it during combat, but I find it really useful if you're going through a conversation tree and you want to go to the kitchen and make a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I went through a great deal of trainers conversations like this where I would be like, oh, I've been playing for hours, but I'm hungry. But this conversation, well, I'll just set the controller down and I'll go to the kitchen, I'll make a sandwich, and then I'll yell from the kitchen, investigate! <laughs> and I'll yell, your family! And then she'll talk and I'll make a sandwich and not really pay attention. And then, oh, she's done. Oh, she's done talking. And then I'll yell again. <laughs> now, do you, do you find yourself using it in combat? Because I could not get into it. I did it a couple times. Um, during, like, I did it during the demo a few times. And during that opening part there, I'll use it to make... Um, make anderson do stuff mm-hmm. he has this, like concussive shot the best part to use it in combat is on your way to the beam when marauder shield steps out you can still use your voice commands for your powers oh really mm-hmm. because I, I, when I, when I always i had when i first played i played it on normal and i died three four times trying to kill marauder shields yeah you can reave him still <laughs> It was the best thing I'd ever found out. I got there yesterday, and I started walking towards him, and he pops out, and I yell, Reeve! And I went, whoosh, and he died. And I was, like, triumphant. I, I jumped off the couch and was like, take that, Marauder! Yeah. Maybe it's because I play in a room where there's an air conditioner blowing, but I find that uh, maybe one in, in eight times, it, the game does not register my voice when I'm telling it to, like, I'm like, Liara, singularity! And it just doesn't do anything. <laughs> It's also really fun to troll other people who are using the Kinect um, when they're trying to play and to then run in and go cloak when they don't want a cloak. Yes. Um, yeah, or it takes them out of cloak. <laughs> takes them out of cloak. It's really funny. They get so mad. Yeah. Um, but like, let, let me put it this way. Uh, do you think that it's worth trying to, to get into, like, do you think it's worth trying to get into the, the methodology of playing with the Kinect? Because I found it faster 
to either set hotkeys or go into the radial menu. If if you're playing by yourself a lot, if there's other people in the room, there's noise, then it gets a little frustrating. If you have a connect that responds to your voice really well, mm-hmm. which mine does, you can definitely use it to play. Uh, otherwise, just use the keys. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, let me put it this way. I, I, I play in Adept mainly, and I'm not switching weapons a lot. Or if an, ultra, uh, an infiltrator, really, you're just using a sniper rifle all the time, right? That's all I, that's all I bring. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't understand. Like, I don't need to be switching weapons. And I, I, I have all my main powers, uh, the, the ones that I use in, my, in the, my three presets, and that I can also do two presets, one for each uh, of my squad mates. So I find that I don't really... It's much faster to just use my, my presets. Yeah, it is really fast to do that. I, I find that it was worth it just to kill Marauder shields. Mm-hmm, right. Um, because, if you, like, if you're trying to do an insanity run, dude can be hard to kill. Yeah, and if, and if you could just yell at your TV to do it. Well, yeah, poof, it is. It, I was very, very frustrated my first time. Now, whenever I go through, basically, when I did my uh, run through, um, I actually kicked it down to narrative just so I could blow through it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I know people who were playing on narrative and have like left the room and came back and were still alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you, you basically don't need to take cover the entire game. You can just walk through and shoot people uh, or just, you know, spam, you know, warp over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> and you basically just kill everyone in the room and you're never even you're like your barriers or shields don't ever go down. It's really, really almost way too easy, but that's what those people wanted. So good uh, well, for them. I, I, yeah, I think I think it's a, it was a good thing because it's not like they're forcing anybody to do it. No, it's definitely just not. more options for people. Like, for example, like, like I think there are many people in my life that would enjoy the story and characters of Mass Effect, but they don't really play video games. And they, yeah, so they need some way to get through the shooting parts. Right. Um, so I think that that's, it, was, it was good. And obviously people on the internet bitched about it, but I, I thought it was, it's nice that you have the option. It's nice that it's there. You don't have to play it. Yeah. You ha- you, if you want the old way, it's still there. And in fact, that's the default. If yeah. you if you want to just shut up with the with the talky talky, you can do that. Or hey, if you love the talky talky but hate the shooty shooty, you can turn that off too. It's all up to you. It's I really, it's I, all there. Yeah, I like it. So um, connect. You know, I, I give it. I give it a you know a, a middle of the road. I give it a C. It's like maybe a C plus. Um, sure. Because it is pretty interesting. And if you're really into the concept of role playing or like really getting into the story, saying the lines is pretty interesting. It's 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 fun. oh I did yesterday with the Star Child I did I yelled I want details at the TV <laughs> I want details I want details <laughs> I want your badge and gun on my desk Star Child <laughs> It's just sort of now and then it's really fun to yell the things at the TV instead um, of clicking them I agree um, so it, it is interesting if you have a connect anyway then uh, then try it out it's real, they're not expensive I think you can get them on Amazon for like ninety nine bucks or something like that now Yeah they're at like a hundred bucks now something like that. So um, please, please, please tell us where we can find out more about you and, and if people are interested in learning more about Gem and Dizzy and all that good stuff. Uh, Gem and Dizzy is gemanddizzy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal website is jordanknowles.com, which is J-O-R-D-Y-N-N-O-L-Z. It's not how my game, my name is spelled in Mass Effect 3, but that's how my name is spelled in real life. They took all the fun sci-fi letters out of it. <laughs> you can find it there. Um, you can find my songs on YouTube. Uh, the James Vega one's Bestest Bro. I have a Hanar song. I have a bunch of other songs. Um, you can do my mission in Mass Effect 3. 
<laughs> please do that. Uh, and then and I, and I it is funny because I I had not I had before coming up to the game uh, I had not looked at the Mass Effect um, thread in in the Panarchy forums. Now I, I'm not a huge poster in the Panarchy forums, but I, I am a lurker and I love 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 the Mass Effect thread in Social Entropy. Uh-huh. Um, and I basically had stopped looking at it completely. So when I when I hit it, I'm like, wait a second, wait. I, that can't. That could not be a coincidence. <laughs> and then obviously I went and looked in, and everybody was talking about it, um, which is pretty interesting. But it, it is certainly something that I noticed because I am a, such a lurker. I hadn't actually told anybody on the boards about it. Really, I wanted them to all find it themselves. And uh, th- now, was there like a, a, a huge uh, rush of people PMing you? Uh, you know, at, at the day or day after the release. Not really. I would occasionally get a person who would be like, um, is this what I think it is? I did get a lot of posts on my Facebook wall from people being like, I just found a person in Mass Effect 3 named Jordan Knowles. Is that, that, is that what I think it is? And I'm like, yeah, it's, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty neat. I mean, and especially because not only is it neat that, you're, that you know, your name's in a video game, but it's also in a video game that you really, really like. Yes, it's in, it's in one of my favorite video games. Um, and there's also... Uh, my my gem and dizzy cohort. If you hear the ad for McSorley's cloaca margarine, uh, she is McSorley. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that sounds horrible. Cloaca it margarine. is horrible. <laughs> that is not something that I would probably want to buy. That's a terrible <laughs> ad. Um, so thank you very very much, Jordan, for this for joining us in this inaugural episode of the quadcast. So if you're interested in finding out more about the, the, the podcast, please go to quadcast.net. You can follow us on Twitter at MEQuadcast. And please go to the iTunes store. Um, there's a link right on the website. And you can rate, uh, rate our uh, podcast if you like it, like talking about it. Please do that. And then, again, if you want to uh, join us, please email me, grant at grantbruner.com, and, uh, and we'll uh, work it out and get you on the show. Thank you very, very much for your time. So long. I'm Grant Bruner. This is Quadcast. Oh shit, no, whoa, whoa. I'll be your bestest bro, whoa, whoa. And I love you so, whoa, whoa. I punch radio, whoa, whoa. Say you hate vegetarians, well, I hate them too. Do you like a tie t shirt? Cause I got a few. You don't have to call me Vega, it's just James to you. And I already put your name in my new heart tattoo. Whoa, Shep, you know, whoa, whoa. I'll be your bestest bro, whoa, whoa. And I love you so, whoa, whoa. I punch your radio, whoa, whoa. Dog takes it, say best friends.
Should go. Whoa.